Now. Three, two, one, go! What's up and welcome to episode 30 of the Cooldown Time Podcast, a horrendously good weekly show about gaming's best and bootiest. I'm your graphically impressive host, Marco, and joining me as always is my co-host, longtime friend, and a man with a Metacritic score of 37. We got Pablo in the house. Pablo, what happened there? Yeah, I'm not for every, I'm not you? for everybody. Some political inclinations, you know, really uh, uh, push that below to where it has. But the user the user rating is good. 42. Oh, you didn't get review bombed. That's all right. No, I have, okay. yeah, 42%. Uh, gotcha. Some people like me slightly <laughs> okay. slightly more, but still not great. Well, where, where, what would you rate yourself if you had to give yourself a Metacritic score? How do you feel you'd rate? What, what would be your own score since we're going to be doing that later on in the show? 89. Because I ain't no... You're an 89. Yeah, ain't no way I'm going to be uh, rated worse than Ratchet and Clank. Wow. Wow. <laughs> It's a better looking game than you. No, uh, I'm not arguing that, but it's uh, it's a lot. It's got uh, well, I mean, it's got it's got better dialogue, <laughs> better combat. You can't fight. <laughs> it's better than you. Yeah. Um, I'm just jealous. Right. I'm just jealous. I think I'd give myself like a I'd give myself like a modest like 82. I think I'm a solid, I'm a solid guy. But uh, <laughs> I got some flaws. I got some flaws. I got some frame rate issues usually. Yeah. Um, I crash a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. All right, man. Well, let's go ahead and get the show started. Uh, speaking of Metacritic, we have a pretty good episode where our checkpoint chat is going to be our 2022 game uh, predictions with Metacritic scores. So we're going to be going through 30 of 2022's uh, biggest releases and maybe a few that aren't, aren't so big just to kind of talk about where we think they'll land with their Metacritic averages. So you're definitely going to want to stay tuned for that we also got hit points. So we're going to talk about some uh, really interesting news on Sony's front about their, uh, their their Game Pass killer, potentially. We've also got some news about Battlefield 2042's future and Battlefield franchise's future, for that matter. And, of course, some updates on Halo Infinite's multiplayer changes that we've been seeing and some stuff that's to come. Uh, but before we get into all that, we're going to definitely have our loadouts. So we're going to be talking about um, one man's return to a JRPG he thought he hated. And a mobile game that's actually good? We'll talk about it. But before we do that, if you like what you hear, give our podcast a sub. We upload new episodes weekly on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your favorite streaming apps. And you can also keep us in your FOV in between episodes by following us on Instagram at at Cooldown Time Podcast and Twitter at Cooldown Time Pod as well. So... Pablo, without further ado, let's go ahead and get started with our loadouts. All systems nominal. Loadouts ready. All right, man. And if you don't mind, I'm going to go ahead and kick off with mine first because uh, your boy uh, decided to dabble in Tales of Arise again, uh, which I didn't think I'd do after my first impressions of that game were so poor. But uh, I don't know, man. I was kind of in a mood of just trying to like come back to some games that I didn't beat. Uh, just to sort of round out my game of the year uh, stance on certain games. And I, I dabbled in a couple of games, really. I, I tried Psychonauts 2 again. That didn't really go the way I hoped. Uh, went back to a couple other games, actually. Um, but Tales of Arise, I kind of stayed there a little bit longer than I thought, and I kind of got into it a little bit. Uh, a little bit. Um, I think 
you know, compared to where I was, the episode that we talked about it, I, I'm not super far removed from that in terms of my overall opinion of the game. I do think that it's a very run-of-the-mill JRPG, in my opinion, uh, that has some definite strengths, but I think in terms of its story and writing, I think are still pretty weak. Um, but I think what is happening, dude, is it's becoming more bearable because of some of the stuff that you actually told me about. Yeah. Um, in particular, I think... One of the things that you were really um, big on telling me was that, you know, when there's more characters added into the party, they all start to bounce off of each other in a way where they, they sort of help make up for each other's weaknesses as characters. Mm-hmm. So, you know, no one character has the pressure of kind of carrying the story forward, which is good because none of them are written particularly strong. Yeah. Um, and so I think that, you know, I, I've just gotten my fifth or sixth. I think I'm gonna get, about to get my sixth. uh party member uh, without spoiling too much um, and I think it's definitely starting to show through now uh, in terms of just feeling like there's a good conversation flow because uh, in the opening hours man it was really getting dry with like the characters just sort of not really having a lot of dimension to them and now they don't have that much attention on themselves which is really good yeah um, it's definitely so, yeah uh, you're kind of right it's definitely really right. like an ensemble piece in many ways yeah. um, and what I like about it too is that they also um, take the certain kind of uh, character uh, things about certain of the uh, certain characters, and they and they put them together like um, Law and oh, I forgot her name. Um, uh, Rinwell. Yeah, Law and Rinwell. As the story progresses, they not to spoil anything. They, they it's more of like okay, th- these people start pairing off, and then they move back into the group as a whole in terms of storytelling. They do a really good job as an ensemble piece. Individually, these people are borderline painful <laughs> in terms of, of <laughs> yeah. like character depth. But it, it's it, I yeah. feel like they wrote the characters and they wrote the story and how that's all uh, uh, one piece, and then. In order to start introducing them, you had to kind of cut them off. And then you can really tell that that's the biggest flaw of the game. And it's unfortunate because it's so much of the beginning of the game. Uh, so I right. agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. I think you're right. And and I, um, you know, I, I think that in terms of the gameplay, um, I still feel just about the same. I think the gameplay is, is pretty strong for the most part. I think where the game sort of falls short for me is in terms of, um, enemy variety. Yeah. Um, most of the, you know, combat areas in the game consist of about two or three enemy types. You'll face a few of one, then a few of another, then a mixture of the two, and then maybe a third different type of enemy just to make it spicy, I guess. But, um, it's very predictable in that sense. So, um, after a while, the gameplay starts to feel very formulaic after a while. But, you know, the flash and flare of the combat make up for it by being fun. And there's a lot of different abilities you can use that are really cool. Um, and the way that they do the team-up moves. Man, this game is cheese ball with some of those team, uh, yeah. like those those team-up move names. Lightning Tiger oh, Strike. Yeah. What? Oh, my God, like, dude. Bro, it's like, Saturday like, morning. Like uh, Spirit of something. And it's like... Uh. Uh. First of all, where do they get these names from? Like, they don't even, like, show how they came up with these. It's just a Scarlet, the Firebomb. What, when? I just, uh, <laughs> when did you come up with that, Alfin? They, they put that shit in a... In a they went on, on Facebook and did a generator, a cool move generator. Oh, they had to, bro. It's It cracks me up every time. But, you know, it, hey, it, it's, it embraces its own hokiness, You know I guess. what's funny? What this game kind of is similar to when you break it down into its individual parts. It's a lot like Scarlet Nexus. Um, in terms of great combat 
Uh, but unfortunately, it fails mm-hmm. in certain aspects. However, the difference is is that uh, it, Tales of Arise is a JRPG with a massive budget. As to where Scarlet Nexus, the issue that the problem that really hurts it is the fact that you see the budget title like draped all yeah. over that game. There's certain sections of that mm-hmm. game just it just just looks like budget. Tales of Arise, for, for all its flaws. It's a triple A JRPG, which is which is nice to see, because um, yeah, uh, you can yeah. see a lot of budget JRPGs that could always be like, man, this could be so much better if it had money behind it. And Tales of Rise is a perfect example of not nailing everything, but being looking great and nailing certain aspects really goes a long way. Because I think I'm very high on this game, but when I read people's opinions about this game, they talk about it like. They're talking about Persona Five, which I I, I think yeah. I was I think I was there for a bit. N- not that the game has done anything different; it's actually gotten better. But I think uh, just kind of honestly, just kind of playing um, a, a Persona Strikers kind of put me back into that Persona thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Tales of Arise is not in the same league, <laughs> no, not no. at all. Uh, but it is it is a nice <laughs> it is a nice uh, a nice triple A JRPG, which is again, like I said, nice to see. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, and you know, and I don't know if I'm gonna, you know, see it all the way through. I'm gonna try because um, it's not that long. You know, I think it, that it's 35 to 40 hours if you mainline. Well, it. that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. I think right now I put in about 15 hours, so I, I put enough of a chunk of time in here to to probably keep going. Um, I did tone the difficulty down because the boss fights are just. It's, they're too spongy uh, for my taste. It gets the the spike between those fights and the regular battles are there's too much of a gulf there yeah. in terms of difficulty. So I'm like, I, I don't need to be frustrated with this game. It's already kind of not, you know, everything I hoped it would be, but it's all right. So let me not let me not you know yeah, yeah. Get, get aggravated with the difficulty. So I, I toned it down. Um, but yeah, I think other than that, I'm 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 enjoying it for what it is. I think I'm just hoping that in the hours to come, uh, that you're right in terms of the the story kind of picking up after a while um because right now it feels like it's stuck in a perpetual simmer yeah um which isn't bad it just need it just needs something to kind of kick things into <laughs> gear a little bit more where, and where are you at not right happened now? yet i'm in the third realm so that is where you get uh two characters one of them is one of the the lords oh the um, redhead okay did you get him already I'm about to, I think. What did you do? What's the last thing you did? Don't no, no spoilers, but what's kind of like the last thing? Uh, things are kind of going sideways in the realm now. Okay. Um, did, this is a point. This is a point in the in a game where it picks up. Like it okay. introduces something, which is I think, which is weird because you're 15 hours in. It literally introduces the 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 crux. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and it is a little like oh yeah yeah <laughs> we're doing and, that now. Yeah, okay. and it's it, and, it, and then and then from that point on, that thing you see there carries the rest of the game through. So, um, that was the point of the game where, and it's funny because the game knows it because that next, uh, realm you go into, there's one of the fancy, uh, cutscenes that, you know, they're really trying to drive a a, a home, uh, point. So, I, I, it's a great JRPG. If you're a JRPG fan, I, I highly recommend it, but it is one of those, just another one of those. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Uh, but that's all I got. I mean, other than that, like you, I've been playing Halo Infinite multiplayer, but I don't want to, you know, dwell too much on that because we talked about that for the last few weeks. Um, so I'll go ahead and kick it over to you. Uh, tell me about what you got in your loadouts, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about this one. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not playing anything new. Um, so uh, at work, 
I, in my job, I'm not uh, continuously busy. I have certain times where I can, you know, uh, do other things. And one of the things uh, I decided to do because I didn't want to start a new game because I'm still kind of in the middle of um, of Tales Arise and then also playing a lot of Halo. I picked up a game that I've heard about for a long time and also is on one of the top uh, rated games in Open Critic. I think it's an 88 in Open Critic, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. It's called Overboard. Um, it's an interesting concept, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna ta- I'm gonna say something that it's going to make you cringe. This game is a lot like Deathloop. Now, let me, Ugh. but let me let me <laughs> let me kind of <laughs> let me kind of explain what what this game is. This is a game where you're the murderer, uh, and it's kind of the behind the, the scenes of a of a crime mystery where you actually stipulate the mystery surrounding the death by dialogue choices. So the game opens up with a murder. And you're this young lady, and you're very at at the very front. It says it. You killed your husband, and then you wake up the next day, and then you start talking to people. And every choice you make is a very detailed choice. Where later on, when you're trying to explain yourself, if you contradict any of the choices you said, the people that are there will be like, "No, but you told me this, and you said this." And then that at that point becomes a point where like you either get caught. Or you don't get caught. Mm. But there's another kind of thing to it that you don't really find out. And I'm not going to spoil it here. Uh, that something happens at the end of that game. Because it, it's multiple. like it, It's a rogue. Kind of like. But not really. Where the story is given to you in pieces by the, time, by the way you play it. So every time, every kind of round that you play, you have more information. So you know what to do. Uh, so you can get away with, uh, with murder. But if you don't. If you stipulate it to suicide, which is the easiest thing to do, at that point, you don't get the payout. So then when you play again, you have to find a way to blame it on somebody else. And there's little details here where you can pick up and create uh, and create kind of like uh, doubt on, on certain people just for, 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 for you to get away with murder itself. It's a very, mm. very, very interesting game. Um, I, I personally love it. I, I I'm still playing it, uh, in between. It's very short. It's, it's eight hours, but not in real time. It's just like move to this cabin, 10 minutes. It'll take you 10 minutes. It'll take 10 minutes out of the clock. Oh, right? okay. Ta- have this conversation, 20 minutes pass by. <laughs> and so there's certain things where you can go back later, another round, this person screwed me over and you have sleeping pills and you can find a way to slip the sleeping pills into that person's drink if you have a cocktail with them so they won't be in the last meeting of the game. It's it's actually a very complex dialogue system and it it's really, really good because it, it, it takes everything you say. It isn't, this person will remember this. No, no, no. It's every choice you make. Every single choice can come and hurt you or help you at the end depending on whether or not you're constructing a narrative and at the start, at the start of the game, you're not really knowing what you're doing, so you're not really you're trying just to get away with it. But then you start constructing narratives that are really going to help you. So at the end of the game, you're big braining this shit by setting up clues, by setting other people up, by telling them, them backing your story up, and then you could go back and double back and, and, and like blame them for something. You know, it's very complex in a lot of ways, but I, it's absolutely fantastic. I I I I it's on Apple Plus or Apple uh, Arcade, I should say. Uh, okay. and um, I, I love it it's great it's a great time uh, waster it's on Nintendo Switch as well um, oh that's okay yeah and it, okay. and it really it, it's really like it's really good like it, I I'm honestly hmm. uh, you know with video games and how kind of like um, not a great year for them and you know how people always want to 
pick like Grindstone was a big year for me. Uh, for uh, when Grindstone came out, it was on my top ten. Yeah, game. it was a, it was a uh, mobile game. This feels like Overboard could possibly make my top ten. Like it, it it's hmm. that good for me. Um, and how I'm, much did you pay for it? It's it's on Apple Arcade, so I pay like four bucks a month for Arcade. Oh, okay. So it's okay. part for free. But I think it's like. Hmm. I think it's probably like two ninety nine or something on mobile, but I would I, I I didn't know it was on Switch till today, so I might I might look at it and see how much is on Switch and might get it there. Um, yeah, for that experience, I'm curious about it now. I wasn't gonna pick it up if it was gonna if it was just mobile only, but if it's on Switch, yeah, I might have to dabble in that. But it's it's um, it's really 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 good. I it's like it's fifteen bucks on Switch. That might would be, you say that's about worth it? Or I think so. I mean, yeah, it, it's okay. Remember Return of the Oberdin? Okay. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like that, except you're creating the murder instead of trying to find out what happened. You know, okay. it, it's like the, like if if that person if that uh, uh person were to come in and try to solve the mystery as that. I I, I really cool. loved it. I I had no idea what to expect. Uh, I I saw reviews. I didn't really read reviews. You saw the numbers. Didn't know what the game was specifically. It's fantastic. Uh, so it's a strong recommend for me here. Nice. Yeah. All right. I always love when those little like sleeper yeah, hits man. come out of the blue like that, dude. That's that's fire. Yeah, I love All it, right, dude. Cool, man. Well, that's gonna wrap up our loadouts. So without uh, further ado, let's go ahead and dive right in to them hit points. For breaking news, rumors, and booty juice, it's time for hit points. All right, man. And we're starting off with a pretty big one. Um, Jason Schreier. J- J- I don't know how I said that, but it was probably wrong. Jason Schreier uh, has reported that Jason. Sony is planning uh, <laughs> Sony's planning uh, a new three-tier subscription service to rival Xbox Game Pass in spring of 2022. Um, according to his uh, report, Tier 1 will include existing PS Plus benefits. Tier 2 will offer an expansive catalog of PS4 and PS5 titles, but with no day one releases. Tier 3 will include demos, game streaming, and a library of classic PS1, PS2, and PSP titles. Pablo, that's a lot to unpack, but let's try to unpack it. Tell me what you make of all this, and in in the context of this Game Pass killer sort of strategy, is this enough? No. This is... (laughs) This is a Sony ploy. The appearance is something that can compete with Game Pass without the actual legwork behind it to make it a true competitor. Three tiers. Okay, that sounds to me expensive. And then one of the pieces that Jason Schreier also put on his reporting is this will not have first-party games day and date the way that Game Pass right. has, which is the which is like 70% of the allure of that, of that stuff. The fact that you get first-party games coming out day one is 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 what really put a game pass over the edge for a lot of people. So, am I am I happy that they're that they're doing something towards that? Yeah. This but this sounds more like a Nintendo uh an a hybrid between Nintendo um the, their whatever they do and, and a little bit of the game pass. Yeah. PlayStation now is already kind of a a, a game pass like thing where you pay a, a monthly uh subscription and you get games that you can download uh into your system to play the the newer games, not the older games. PS3, PS2, you have to stream those games. Uh, Sony's also said that they want to get into streaming with this, but what do they have? Like, what's <laughs> what framework do they have to make this? It's a lot of things that they're saying, none of which are definitive in in the sense we're like we're gonna kill Game Pass, 
this is our uh, strategy. No, no, no. They said, you know, the report is we're going to compete with Game Pass by here are buzzwords, 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 buzzwords. Mm-hmm. Like, look, this could turn out to be great. This could turn out to be Sony's equivalent to Game Pass. But you don't come out the gate to compete with Game Pass with a with with with, with nothing. You know, you don't go to war with no weapons. Like that's exactly what they're doing here. They're 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 going toe to toe with uh with Joe Frazier with no gloves on. Wow, we're going there. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I didn't but, know we were going to boxing. But that's what I'm saying. Though. They're going they're going to to these places in terms of the way that they're trying to market it and the way they're trying to you know probably leak this information or however this got out. But I mean, listen, I I don't see anything here that is interesting to me. Old games. Which is great. Game Pass does it too, but that's not what drives Game Pass. That's just a plus of Game Pass. The, the mm-hmm. ability to play Xbox and Xbox 360 games. That's just a, an additional factor to the what Game Pass is, where you even have third-party games coming out day and day. So, to me, I think that to to come out the gate, I think it's a mistake for Sony to come out swinging saying these are Game Pass killer, because they're going to run into a wall. Now, can they build this up is this a great start? Absolutely. Out of the context uh, as it being a, a Game Pass killer, this is great. You're consolidating two things. You're making them to one thing. Uh, and, and I think that it's a really cool thing that you can play PSP games. Now, I don't know how that's going to work. Are you going to stream it? If you're going to stream it, I don't want any part of that. Yeah. And that's the yeah. stuff that, that that's kind of like a uh, question mark. But I, I, I'm interested to see what this turns out to be. But within the context of it being a Game Pass killer... You got no fire, Corbin. No nothing. <laughs> you got nothing. I mean, there's nothing. Shouts there. out to the Fifth Element. <laughs> you know, always a good way to describe Sony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't disagree too much with you. I, I think the thing for me, um, I'll start by saying this. I mean, to me, all of this is really weird. Um, I, I just can't get past the weirdness of how this is all structured. So much so that. I wouldn't be surprised at all if these tiers change drastically from what's being reported right now. I think this is probably one option that they're considering. Um, But there's a few things that come to mind that kind of stick out to me. Number one is, if you recall, earlier this year, um, Sony had trademarked MoviePass, which was uh, set to be kind of their by all accounts, uh, Game Pass for movies, which I can definitely see them trying to champion with their Sony pictures, and in particular, you know, the Spider-Man probably leading the charge there. Um, it wouldn't shock me if this service turns out to be somewhat of a game and film hybrid, um, with one of these tiers kind of becoming the, and you also get um, movie pass uh, as an added bonus type of thing. Um, That'd so be interesting. I, I I think that would be interesting in terms of the value proposition. For but sure. To your to your initial point, the pricing of this would be very very concerning to me. Um, I don't even want to take a guess at how much this would cost on a tier to tier level because it would just make me angry. Um, <laughs> I think I think the other thing is is tier three, which was the one about demos, game streaming, uh, and and the PS one, PS two, PSP titles. First of all, are we paywalling demos? Is that what we're going to do? <laughs> it sounds like it. That's the new thing now? Okay, that's that's very interesting. Um, secondly, PS3. Where? What about what about PS3? What what happened? Why PS4, PS5, 
PS1, PS2, PSP. Where's Vita? Is that going to be like, what? Why? Why are these? Why are there these gaps? Because a lot of great games in those libraries too. So, so why exactly are we kind of picking and choosing these libraries? And then, how extensive are they going to actually be with these libraries? And how often are they going to continue to add more stuff to it? Because if what we've seen in PlayStation Now is that it's just kind of been the same stuff. So you bring up a really good point. I didn't realize that PS3 was missing from from the reporting. So that kind of solidifies to me that PS1, PS2, and PSP titles will actually be streaming. And that's probably because they can get away with it because streaming those older games yeah. might not have a lot of lag. Uh, so I'm, mm. I'm, I'm guessing that they, they, they don't want to add PS3 because at that point, you know, it's not going to be great to stream those games. Which, by the way, you could do right now on PS Now. And um, it's not great. Um, so it's no, the it's only terrible. way to play, I think, uh, uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 right now. And it's not. Uh, and probably a few other games too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, it's, yeah. So I, I, I think that this just feels very cluttered overall. It doesn't feel very sophisticated and easy to wrap aimless. one's mind around. Yeah. So grasping at straws, think, trying to throw shit on the wall, see what sticks type thing. Yeah. And it, you know, to think this is going to be happening in potentially spring of next year is just sort of, I just don't think that sounds realistic. Um, but you know, who knows, maybe they'll get it off the ground and it'll sort of be this half baked thing that takes shape as time goes on. Who knows? I think they, I, here's, here's my, here's my guess. I have a feeling that in order for them to come out swinging, they're going to have to come out with a top tier game. And, you know, I don't know when God of War Ragnarok comes out, but if, mm. if they release this with Ragnarok, with Ragnarok out, Whoa. Ragnarok, Ragnarok, hey man, just put <laughs> sounds it, good. I, I'm being, I, I'm just being a you know conservative with the words, just putting everything together, you know, <laughs> word less count uh, remix. Count? <laughs> anyway, um, uh, but yeah, uh, if they release with like uh with God of War, yeah. With the service, that could go a long way with the service because I, I sure as hell would, would be like, what's up? Unless it's like $60 for the service. In that case, I'll just buy the fucking game. But, you know. Yeah, I mean, if they do something like adding God of Rock to this uh, service, <laughs> that would be fantastic. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, this will be one to definitely keep an eye on for sure. Uh, an interesting pivot for Sony um, that I'm, I'm curious about, but... So far, nothing really other than maybe the classics on PS1, PS2, depending on how extensive that library gets, is probably the only thing that sounds really interesting to me. Um, But we'll see. Um, Moving on. Item number two. Pablo, amid Battlefield 2042's dismal launch woes, EA has announced a major restructuring of its development teams to focus on the expansion of the Battlefield universe across multiple games from their North American and European studios. To fuel this new initiative, EA has appointed Respawn Entertainment's Vince Sampella as the new lead of the Battlefield franchise. Pablo, what do we make of all this? How do you feel? I have no idea what the fuck any of that means. Like, okay. I don't know what that means. I honestly, I honestly, I, I don't know what they're trying to say. <laughs> I, um... 
I, I don't know what this restructuring development expansion of the Battlefield universe fucking means. I don't know okay. what they're trying to say. I The only thing that I see when I read this is... We're gonna make more Battlefield games to leave 2042 in the dust. Cause my bad. Did you see? Um, <laughs> did you see the uh, Steam uh, count player lost seventy percent of his? Yeah, players? yeah, it did, dude. That's crazy. Um, listen, if any game can bring back a a a, a group of players back, it's God of it's it's God of War. Jesus Christ, it's uh, <laughs> Call of Duty, it's Halo, and it's Battlefield. So. That, yeah. I don't. I don't think twenty forty two is out, uh, done and out yet. I think if, if no, they can make, I don't think so uh, if they can make specific uh, adjustments to the game itself, they can make it work. But this reads like that's not what they want to do because they're focusing on the future of Battlefield and implementing some kind of metaverse with ba- Which again, I don't know what this means. I it just seems like buzzword again, trying to say things without committing themselves to fixing Battlefield 2042. Honestly, I want to know your take because I have no idea what they're saying with this. Yeah, so I, I think this is a very telling uh, strategy for Battlefield. As a, as a Battlefield psychopath, um, this news to me is actually pretty exciting now that I've kind of processed it because what I think, what I think Battlefield 2042's, one of its many problems is that it's it's a sign that they're very rusty with Battlefield right now, and they cannot afford the future of ruining the Battlefield series like they ruined Medal of Honor, right? Because they need that military shooter <laughs> in their portfolio. Yeah, it was a great franchise until they completely botched it. And I think this is this was sort of a, a wake-up call for them to say, okay, this 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 Battlefield license is important. And so we're either going to just put a bunch of band-aids on this game and try to get it right next time where we're going to double down and say, you know what, not only are we going to try to fix what we screwed up here, but we're going to really, really recommit ourselves to bringing out the best of Battlefield do you uh, think, in a way that we never had before. Do you so. think that means fixing 2042? Or yeah, do I you, do. Because yeah. I, I, mean, I, I feel like for me, in the way that I interpret this, is bringing on Vince Ampella to, to, to head this, First of all, they're serious about Battlefield. Let's get that right. Yeah. Like they, they, bringing in a, a big guy like that who's 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 done great things for for multiplayer games with you know with Call of Duty and uh, Titanfall. That's a big that's a big move, right? That's that's a that's definitely a show. We we get it. We love Battlefield. We're gonna make sure that Battlefield is no doubt. Part. However, no doubt. when they say expansion of the Battlefield universe across multiple games, mm-hmm. that really sounds to me like. We're going to get the next one right. They're going to probably do the best they can with 2042, but I wouldn't be surprised if two years from now we see a new Battlefield game instead of three years or four years from now. I I think that's part of the plan. I think that they want to probably... I don't think they want to go annual by any means, but I think they would love to probably have a biannual... Uh, release uh, cadence for Battlefield now. I don't. I, I think it's bit, it, the gaps are too big uh, for this the, for this series, especially considering how popular it is. I mean, 2042, according to what I read, has already sold around over four million, um, and it hasn't been too long. And it's not even like that's I mean, really we're, good. We're still in holiday season, so it, the series has legs, and it's done very well. Um, that's uh, what historically. Um, that's what Call of Duty so, sold in the in its launch. Four point six. Mm-hmm. Told you, I mean, Battlefield is no joke. Oh, so yeah, EA yeah. does not want to screw that up. They don't want those millions of people to get you know disenchanted. So, 
I think they want to definitely they want to move through 2042 sooner than later, but I don't think they can run away from it too fast because they have to get it right first and instill some confidence back in people. Let me ask you what a question. I think, Sorry, go ahead. Go okay, finish, go ahead. Finish. No, finish, finish. Well, what, what I was going to say is what I think the, the Vince Sampella aspect of this is, is Battlefield as narratively has never really had... You answered my question. That was a, my- a spotlight to shine. It, it's, it's always had these hints of, you know, this global conflict and, well, here's what's going on. Even when you play 2042, it tries to introduce this, this here's the state of the world right now. And it's, it's just not fleshed out. And I think what... What this move is going to hopefully accomplish is, um, I, and I don't even think it's going to be exclusive to multiplayer experiences. I could see some single player experiences happening here. Um, that was my question. My question was bringing along Vince the lines in. Of like a, yeah, yeah, bringing him in. I think is going to is going to create some new opportunities to yeah. not just make another great Battlefield multiplayer game, but to do something almost like what what fall not to the T, but what Fallen Order was to, to Star Wars, to give you some kind of single player, some kind of almost like a Gears of War-like feel, uh, where it's like a squad-based thing, like, like like what Bad Company was, you know? Yeah, something but even like look more story-driven. Look what Vince did with no story with Titanfall, and and probably the, one of the greatest first-person shooting story, uh, you know, first-person shooter stories with Titanfall 2. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I... Yeah. At this point, yeah. I, I'm pretty. I, I, I'm. I would be excited for a single player narrative experience because I like Call of Duty. I always enjoyed them, even if they weren't great. They were like yeah, yeah, huge yeah. action pieces and like really cool stuff to look at. Uh, and you know that, that really you don't really get that with, with the multiplayer. I mean, they're there, but it's just not like exactly. It's not narratively and, driven, right? And and I think the reason why that's a big problem with 2042 is because they've moved into the, uh, the operators type of thing. Yeah. Uh, kind of like what, you know, uh, uh, overwatch is like with their heroes, you know, or whatever they're called. Um, yeah. Heroes. They have to give those characters some room to flourish so that people actually want to play as these people, you know, um, otherwise they're just military person number seven with a couple of quips you can set, uh, and, and, and a special ability. And there's really no equity to them as characters that make people want to, okay, I want to play as her because she was dope in this game. Like Call you know? of Duty. I, right. I think they want to have something like that um, build up over time because these characters, especially, you know, like the character uh, Irish that uh, Michael uh, K. Williams played uh, in Battlefield 4, I believe, like characters like that that have some kind of stamp in the Battlefield lore, they need more of that in order to be memorable and not just a good shooter, you yeah. know? So I hope that this move gives more um, color and, 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 and more context to the Battlefield world in the ways that they're talking about. Um, but we'll see. I think this also, you know, with the Vince Zampella part, it says a lot about the future of Titanfall, unfortunately. Um, they yeah. did pull the original Titanfall um, effective immediately from uh, digital storefronts. There's not been a lot of talk about caring enough about making a Titanfall 3 other than just saying, hey, we still, you know, we still consider it a pillar, which is usually corporate speak for, hey, we, we care about it, but we just, yeah, we got other I, stuff to do now, you know. But I, I do think that so. Titanfall died with Apex. Apex success. I do too. And I think I they're too. gonna they're going to when they you I think eventually what they'll do is they'll pivot Apex to the Titanfall world and so kind of make that just one thing. Because yeah. they're already doing that. 
really, you know? Yeah. It, it, which it is, takes place in the same uh, universe. It's so bittersweet, but it, it is what it is. And I, I get it from their standpoint. If you're choosing between Battlefield and Titanfall, you have to choose Battlefield if you're EA. It's, you, you again, it's 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 a moneymaker, so you can't, I've you got to do what you got to do. Side note, I've been thinking to, to check out um, Apex's arena mode and see how good that is. Um, Tell me how it is, because I ain't doing it. I'm I mean, it's a problem, man. <laughs> I'm staying on this Halo. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, speaking of Halo, uh, our third and final news item this week is uh, an update on the status of, of Halo Infinite's multiplayer updates. So, 343 has made some additional changes to the controversial Battle Pass progression system by offering more daily XP for completing matches. I believe in total, uh, there's a thousand more uh, XP available per day. Uh, it's just broken down into like 300 XP, 200 XP, a couple 100 XPs uh, just to kind of keep you going. Uh, and they've also promised that more changes are to come, but they have reiterated that uh, that will be a process and it'll take some time. Uh, additionally, uh, 343's community, uh, community manager has tweeted that new playlists uh, based on player feedback will be added uh, both before and after the holidays, which will include free-for-all, uh, more Fiesta, SWAT, and a social Slayer playlist. So... Um, based on these two updates, kind of how are you feeling about how Halo Infinite's coming along uh, when it comes to sort of taking this feedback in consideration? And where do you stand on all this? I think they're doing a great job in terms of consistently engaging with the community and uh, finding ways to be creative about fixing the player progression issue without really going into the uh, DNA of, of that progression. I think it's going to take some time. I think that they're afraid to make any uh, wide-sweeping changes that will fuck up whatever that they are kind of had planned in terms of their meta. So I, I think mm. that they're, they're doing the best they possibly can in terms of not touching that that part of it just yet. Uh, I think that um, I, I, I am willing to give them a little more leeway, not, not too much. I think by season two, they got to get a lot of this shit fixed. Or yeah. at that point, it's going to be a problem. And my, I'm a nobody. But for me, I, I think my deadline for them would be... You're not a nobody. You're an 89 on Metacritic, aren't yes, you? Is true. Good. No, yes, it's true. <laughs> this is true. Now, uh, but I think season two would be the point where I need to see the real changes. Um, in terms of the, the the playlist, I'm happy SWAT's coming back. We we, we, we jammed out on SWAT a lot with with five. I'm enjoying, it. yeah, uh, I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I learned to love Fiesta. I think it was a really cool uh, little thing to kind of get used to all the weapons and and, and that. Um, and one thing that I think is unexcusable, <laughs> I think it's asinine, is that social uh, uh slayer playlist is coming after the holidays and it's like we need and the way it was worded like we need some time to implement this i'm like how the fuck do you not have that in the <laughs> down and ready to go <laughs> like it's the most popular playlist and i think what it is is that they don't want to introduce that playlist right now because what happens is it'll it'll like it'll just engulf everything else it'll be the only thing people play and i think that they want to give people more time to, to, to play it and and enjoy everything before they start in, in implementing that. But still, I'm going to go by what they said. They basically are telling me that it's not ready because it's still not, you know, it's still needs time to cook. Wow, that's crazy to me. Like, absolutely insane that that the most popular fucking playlist <laughs> is just not available to you to, after the holidays. 
and that could mean anything. That could mean like right after Jan- like January first, or it could be season two. So I'm guessing it's probably going to be like February March uh, time. Mm-hmm. But I, once the season end, like May or some crazy shit like I that. I believe it's May. Yeah, that's fucking Apparently. bananas. Yeah, um, but um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I think they're doing. Uh, they're doing a good job, at the very least, with keeping engaged with the community. I'm having a fucking blast. Uh, I was telling you earlier, it's easy to get in, into the Twitter of it all and, and, and demand fixes now. Believe me, mm-hmm. if, if I can if I can snap my fingers and, and, and this be all fixed tomorrow, oh, absolutely. But it's not going to work like that. I'm honestly, because we've had, we, we've talked about this, I'm honestly surprised that they've done so much already uh, with the XP, because I really thought they were going to really hold back because they had that six month plan with it coming out uh, the new season coming in May not wanting to, people to get through the battle passes qu- uh, that quickly uh, so I think there might be some adjustment there with the season ending earlier I hope you know but we'll see mm-hmm. we'll see yeah yeah I mean um, I think that uh, to your point um, the fact that they're being so transparent uh, is really really uh, appreciated I think that look what I think a lot of people have to understand and and what I have to remind myself sometimes Mm -hmm. is that sometimes the way things work is not always going to make sense to players. Yeah. The way things work from a pipeline standpoint, when it comes to, you know, we we all play armchair developer at some point or another. Right. And so I think we all, to an extent think certain things are easier said than done. Um, and so I'm, I'm positive, um, Based on the quality of everything else pertaining to this multiplayer, if if they're telling me, hey, it ain't as simple as just flipping a few switches and separating a few things and calling it a day, I have to make a decision at some point whether I'm going to believe in them or I'm not, right? Um, I think an argument can be made that how did you guys not see this feedback coming? That's a different conversation, but I think the fact that they've been so swift is what... I appreciate and that they're telling me what's a challenge so that I know, okay, it's not, I, I can't keep thinking it's as simple as doing this, this and that and calling it a night. It's, it's more than that. And plus these guys are on holidays. Let's get, let them, let them enjoy themselves. I want to know, I want to know the story behind this development because I, I have a feeling that the battle pass stuff came in late. I, I do. Or the free to play idea was implemented not from the, like it wasn't implemented from the beginning. Like it wasn't a thing that they taught. I think it's something that they had to implement later on. Um, I, I, I'm curious to see. Uh, I, I will say one thing, and I, that I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed that this is a free to play because we would have had everything and everything ready to go. If this is going to be a paid paid content, and so yeah. now we have to f- remind ourselves to know that this is a free to play game, and so that they're going to work on this game like. As to what it is, which is free to play. So, you know, gone are the days where Halo Five came out and had all these things ready to go from day one. Um, but yeah. it's okay. I I think I think ultimately um, you have to understand their vision, and the vision is this is gonna the game's gonna last for a long time. It's gonna be iterations and reworks, just the way all the games do it. Rainbow Six Siege is doing it. Fortnite is doing it right now. I think today is the yep. end of their season two, whatever. It's just the way that this this works. And uh, more Halo for everybody, but it, it, it's a different era of Halo. And I think that we have to either take it or leave it at this point. 
Uh, and if it and, and if and if this game just wasn't as good, like it just had to be off just by a little bit, and it would have been a fucking disaster. And <laughs> but they nailed it though. They they, they absolutely yeah. nailed it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's interesting that you you brought up Rainbow Six because um, what I think if I'm playing Marco Damas here, I think that I think Infinite's going to get to a point down the line, maybe a year from now, maybe longer. Where it's going to be almost a hybrid of a free-to-play versus paid experience. I think it's it's going to end up somewhere in the middle, Yeah. if I had to wager. And the reason why is because I just don't think that's what the Halo community really wants in terms of it being a full-blown free-to-play to its You'll core. You think they'll pivot? Like, and it, I think they're going to pivot. I think they're going to try to find a, a happy medium. That'd be great. I think you're already starting to feel that 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 thought process coming through in a lot of the tweets we've, we've seen. Um and I think that Rainbow Six is a good example of, you know, probably having some type of year one, year two paid sort of thing that gets you everything you need. Everything you need. It's not about yes, pay for an opportunity to progress through a battle pass. It's here is you have things now. You can still grind and, and unlock stuff as you go and level up, blah, blah, blah. But you're going to have things out of the gate, off rip for a whole year's worth of content. I think that's where it's going to end up going, um, you know, on, on some level in the future. I think this is just a, a growing pain of, of figuring out kind of how to how to get out of a beta and how to figure out where that happy medium lies. But I think we're going to get there eventually. And I think people gonna going to have to kind of calm down a little bit. I get the, there's validity here for sure. Yeah. But I think there's, there's a lot of doom tweeting going on of the it broken, 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 broken. It's just becoming a popular word. And it's, and it's so like funny anymore. that the only thing that they can talk about is I'm not getting more rewards quicker because nobody yeah. can talk shit about the game itself. Like, because the game, in terms of gameplay, is fucking fantastic. It's fantastic. Yeah, it, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's, a, it's a sandbox of, of, of good times, man. It, it really is. I mean, I'm I'm still completely obsessed. I, I'm so hooked on it that I don't... I can't imagine... It's going to sound dramatic, but I can't imagine gaming without it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's so much ingrained in my regimen now that it's like, I don't know how I could have got through all this year without having this. Yeah. It's a miracle that, that I made it. But that's how I felt. That's how I felt when I played the flight. And then yeah. and then there was nothing. I was like, it's like it's an empty, I'm an empty vessel of bone and <laughs> uh, I thought and that meat. was dramatic. Yikes. No, but I, I I'm so I am so excited uh for the future of this. Uh I can't wait for more. All right, man. Well, let's go ahead and get into the main event of the show, which is our checkpoint chat. <laughs> It's time for the Checkpoint Chat. Now, as promised, we are going to be predicting Metacritic scores for 2022's biggest games. Pablo, we got 30 to get through. We're going to be tackling these. I want to interrupt you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What did I do? Nothing. I want to say something. Okay. Before we get into this, Uh I want to do a thing where we predict... The Halo single player Metacritic. You want? Oh, okay. You want to go there just, right now? Right okay. now, just before we get into everything. Off the cuff. Off the, off the mm. cuff. I literally just thought about this right now, mm. so I am going off the cuff myself as well. Okay. Um. All right. Well, I'll. I'll. I'll all right. I'll play. Um. I think that the Infinite campaign will probably end up getting. I want to say about an eighty-seven. Okay. 
I have 89. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty high. That's pretty high. Yeah. Um, I, I think, and the reason why, just for, you know, for rationale, I think that, I think that it's going to be a little bit of, uh, of a weird one for, for like longtime Halo fans. It's going to be a different type of pace and structure to the, you know, the gameplay a little bit in that it, people are going to be the, you know, the far cry crowd for, for, you know, a little bit too. Uh, it's, it's Halo, but it's far cry, you know, I, and I think that's <laughs> going to probably influence a couple of, of review scores out there. Yeah. But I, overall, I think it's going to be very positive though. We we have it's a little bit different because we have a lot more information based on yeah. uh, previews and yeah, I, yeah. and I think a lot of people came into that uh, thinking that and I think that the way they come away with it is they're so shocked that it's not what they thought it was and that's why I went eighty nine is I think that I, I I haven't played it so I don't know but I think it's gonna feel a lot more like Halo than people think it it, it will it, it it doesn't because somebody said um it just feels like the first level of Halo the the silent cartographer the game you know. Where it's like a large open space, but there's still very there, there, there's is a point A and point B, like you know, but it's just a large area. So I'm at 89. Okay. We'll see. That's the that's the clearest one we'll see. So next week we'll know who's closest oh, to yeah. that. That's we'll one of the reasons I want that. to do it. Kind of yeah. Okay. But all right. Well, I cut you um, off we'll when you're in your middle of your uh, of your uh, in the middle of the of the kind of uh, spiff here as to what we're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. I'll get over it. Um, update. <laughs> I'm over it. Uh, so, yeah, so we're going to go through 30 games uh, that are coming out next year. We're going to be going in uh, as best as possible in the order of when they're released. Uh, there's a lot of games on our list, though, that don't have an official release date or release window or uh, anything like that. So we'll just kind of cover all of those towards the end. Um, but we're going to basically be, um, you know, trading, uh, ratings like we just did now with Halo. Um, and what we're going to do, uh, at the end of next year is we're going to revisit these Metacritic scores or even maybe throughout the year as, as these games come out and just kind of see how we, how we did. And we're going to keep tally of who was closest to the actual Metacritic score, um, and after I win, uh, we'll probably have some type of wager that will involve him, Pablo buying me another video game like he always has to do when well, he's wrong okay. about things. Well, okay, first of all, <laughs> first of all, no, in terms of you winning. But second, yeah, let's do let's do that right now. Okay. Winner buys the other one. And it can't be an Arcane Studios game like you made me do. <laughs> so oh, I, uh, I, I had to cash in my free game to get Deathloop instead of the new Zelda because Pablo wanted me <laughs> to get this game. <sighs> I would say, I would say, um, we could talk about the specific game if we want. If you want to do a specific thing, uh, hell, we could do Breath of the Wild right now because probably shit ain't coming we'll, out. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah. uh, uh, but that's basically the rundown. So, um, Pablo, without further ado, let's go ahead and get started with this uh, this pretty big list. And let's get this going with uh, what we have coming out at the start of 2022. And let's begin with Rainbow Six Extraction. Tell me what you're thinking and tell me what your score is. Yeah, uh, so there's a better understanding of what Rainbow Six is doing with their platform as opposed to when Siege first released. Like, it was kind of like, what the fuck is this? No single player type of, you know... Uh, and with the new price point, uh, price point, I, I think that it might be, even though it might be light on content, uh, I think it could work well for them. Unlike uh, Back for Blood, where they got mixed to positive reviews, I think that RC Extraction will review similar but better in that 
I, I think that the Siege kind of counterpart and the fact that it is a better price point will uh, give the reviews just a, a little bit more. I'm going with 78 on, on Extraction. Okay. Yeah, I mean, um, I think that this game is going to have some mixed reactions. I think it's going to be a very um, lean experience, which I think is going to cost um, this game some higher scores because it might not have a lot to offer um, out of the box. So I think that um, you're, you're kind of close, but I'm going to go with 79 as okay. the uh, as the rating because of, of, of pretty much the same reasons. I just think that it's just going to be a little too on the lean side for people to feel comfortable with. Even though it's coming out cheaper, I still think that it's not going to be as compelling of a product, um, especially with people still riding the high of Halo uh, coming into next year. So I'm going with 79 myself. Okay. All right. Um, so up next, we have Nintendo's big, big release, Pokemon Legends armchair analyst um <laughs> how do you think this game is going to perform on metacritic what do you got well pokemon uh legends abbots i i think um hmm. will um <laughs> what am i saying that wrong no, um look, no, that's right that's right look like all pokemon games this is gonna review fairly well uh Though the promises that were made have, at this point, already been thrown out the window as it being, like, the open-worldness, you know, the open-world game that everybody thought they wanted. I do think that the entry into Pokemon will be met with praise, but the sameness uh, will rub some people the wrong way. I think this will be a little bit better, if I'm not mistaken, maybe the same as Sword and Shield. Um, so I I'm going with uh, I'm going with 80 uh, with, with Pokemon Legends. Okay. Um, I think that uh, Pokemon Legends RC Cola is probably going to do... Uh, it's. I think it's going to review really well. And I think it's because people are going to be dying to call this the... Even though it's not really built to be open world, people are still going to want a Breath of the Wild this thing in, 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 its, in its hyperbole. Um, I think it's going to get some... I think it's going to get its harshest feedback from the community more than the media. I think the media is going to, you know, really try to give praise to the fact that this is a new chapter for the Pokemon formula. So I actually think that it's going to do a little bit better than that with reviews. I, I think it's going to get an 84 uh, average um, with a couple of outlets keeping it real as they should about how this game looks and performs. Um, and with some of its probably its shortcomings as well. Um, but I think the Nintendo slant is going to be probably in full effect for this one, in my opinion. Also, there is something to be said about the Pokemon formula that works well. I'm, I'm not even a big Pokemon fan, and I've played pretty much recently the mainline Pokemon. I, I played Shield, and I, I enjoyed that. Uh, you know, I, I think it made my top 10 list that year when it came out. Um, yeah. So, for me, uh, there's something to be said about the formula. This isn't just the fact that Pokemon fans reviewing this, getting good reviews. No, it, it's a good formula. Um, I would think that Legends being pushed as the Breath of the Wild of the of, of Pokemon would garner 92s, 93s, like Breath of the Wild. But that's why I'm going 80, because it's not going to be that. 
and 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 you know eventually whenever they get there it'll be the in my 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 prediction is eventually when pokemon does release this breath of the wild-esque type thing even though it's, it's not as good it's gonna it's gonna be like the highest rated game of all time uh, that's probably okay. what's gonna uh, end up happening but yeah 80 and you said what 84 i got 84 on my interesting yep. how we're like in the same ballpark so far like nothing wild yet i might throw a few curves um up next Heading into February, we have the release of Dying Light 2, Stay Human. Pablo, tell me what you got. When Dying Light first released, it actually got really mediocre reviews. I think it stands at a mid-60s uh, right now. Um, I think it wasn't until the general public got its hands on it that it got like this cult following. But now that that those people and, 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 and the reviewers, they got expectations. With major delays and certain story things barely being mentioned with the whole kind of like you can drown this whole city and the miss all that part of the story. They're not even mentioning that. So I feel like there's some kind of dissecting surgeon job they did to the game. And I, I, I do think it'll fail to deliver on the promises of what this game is going to be. I think it'll play really well. I think it'll still do decently. Uh, I, but I do think as in terms of what expectations are, it'll be an overall disappointment. And I'm going 78. Ooh. Yeah. Huh. What? That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 again, we should preface by saying this is what we, what we think is going to happen, not what we want. To right, right, right. Because this I would what love Dying Light Two to be like a ten out of ten. I mean, I would love all these games to be great, but like, well, I, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm really, so. I'm really excited. I really want Dying Light Two to be good, and I think at a seventy-eight, I, I'm thinking like a reviewer in that. Oh, they talked about this but this is missing it's not as deep as he said it was this and that so that's why i think 78 i'm not saying it deserves to be 78 but i think it'll be closer to 78 okay yeah i mean i think for me this game is going to for similar reasons i think it's probably been frankenstein to probably be a little bit less than what was promised to us um i think this game isn't going to be quite what we thought uh from that standpoint and i I have a feeling this is going to be a relatively buggy game out of the gate. Um, something about that delay just didn't sit well with me. Um, it, it felt really strange that the timing of it, because it was right after kind of doubling down and having some presentation to confirm the date uh, was still happening in December. Um, it just felt weird. So I, I have a feeling it's going to probably be a little clunky uh, out of the gate, um, but not not to the point where it's a bad game. I'm actually going to go a little higher than that. And I'm going to say it's it's going to get an 81 uh, for being just a, a solid kind of eight out of ten sort of game that that checks uh you know most of the boxes, but just has a couple of those glaring flaws that keep it from being like excellent status in my opinion. But I think it's going to be I think it's going to end up all right in the end, but just won't quite be as robust and expansive as a lot of people may have been hoping for. I'm still so, looking forward to it. So yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how it does for sure. Um, here's one that has been, um, talked about quite a bit on, on this, uh, this program of ours. <laughs> uh, we have Horizon Forbidden West. Pablo, I've been waiting to hear what you got to say about this one. What do you think's going to happen with this game? Talk to me. 0.5. No, listen. Ooh. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, look, I always, I've always said, and I've, and I, and I've, and I've maintained this kind of point of view. That a sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn would be the game that they actually wanted to make. I think everything is pointing in that direction. Uh, it's taken the page already from Breath of the Wild in terms of traversal. Uh, regardless of what the story ends up being, the core of the game uh, is going to be praised. Uh, it's going to be praised to high heaven. They're going to love the shit out of this. Uh, plus, it's its own exclusive. Uh, 
I think the story beats might still leave something to be desired, uh, but I do okay. think that uh, there's going to be uh, just an overall praise about how the game plays, how the game looks, how the game feels, and uh, I'm I'm excited to see what it turns out to be. Uh, I I I I'm I'm just gonna be realistic here. I think this is gonna be a 94. What? Yeah. That's in that's crazy, ho. You think so? I, I think I, I look, yo. I think it's gonna be wow. A- <laughs> hey, just in case the listeners don't understand, um, there's a comedian that does this, and me and so we literally we me and Marco talk to uh, each other on Halo. Yeah, when we get on Xbox Live, man, all political correctness goes completely I mean, out not. the door. We are trash on Xbox, bro. <laughs> yeah. Um, I listen, listen. I, I, I just, again, it's the the people are starving for the next big PlayStation exclusive game. Uh, I think Horizon Forbidden West is in the 90s, uh, if I'm not mistaken, maybe high 80s. Uh, you mean Zero Dawn? Azura Dawn, yeah, sorry. Uh, I think okay. it's it's up there. A lot of people's game of the year that year. The year that Breath of the Wild came out. Come on, the cycle pass. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I do. I, I really do think that um, Sony's going to have... It, it's really lined up for a massive fucking year next year. And it's going to start off with uh, with with, uh, with Forbidden West. I, I, I think Sony's next year is going to be one of their bigger years. Uh, so, you know. I think okay. this time next year, this is kind of a side, side vote... We'll be talking about Sony the way we talked about Xbox this year. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't have my score anywhere near that. Um, Interesting. And, and, and I think that this game is going to be very, very good. I think it's going to be a, a really, really solid game that gets um, mostly positive reviews. I think, I think what I'm predicting is going to happen with this game, though, is it's going to even though they're doing certain strides to, you know, expand and build on the foundation from the first game, I have a feeling it's going to feel a little flat narratively again. And I also feel like it's going to feel a little bit samey too, from a combat standpoint, even though they're trying new stuff with traversal and things to kind of liven it up. I just think it's going to end up being a, it's going to be one of the better games of the year, but I'm going to say it's going to get an 86. Um, I, I think it's going to be um, a, a bit of a. It's going to be tricky. I think some people are going to love it, and some people are going to be kind of like how you felt about the first game and just go, "I just don't see it." I think it's going to happen again, uh, and but it's going to be a little bit more pronounced uh, this time because there's a lot of expectations with the sequel more so than there was with the original game, with no one having any real expectations for it. So oh, yeah, I. And I, I, I get that for sure, but I, I just think that um, for me, ultimately, the story is, is, is a non-starter here. Because when I was reading Horizon Zero Dawn reviews, nobody talked about the story. And in, in terms of it being good or bad. And then when you play, it's, it's fucking, for me, it, it's nonsense, but really what it is, it's just the way it's delivered. Um, I think that that's going to be improved. I don't think it's going to be, an ex- uh, like, it's they're going to just vomit uh exposition on you through fucking uh through fucking little audio clips i think it'll be a lot more that'll be better and i think that's gonna go a long way for a lot of people all right well let's go ahead and keep it pushing we have another banger for february and uh that is elden ring pablo you're the souls guy i think i know where this is headed but i'm gonna let you have the stage tell me what you're thinking well the first time we're seemingly reviewed um on entirely different criterias. All those from software games are are, are, are always 
kind of reviewed on almost on itself. Like you know, when you when you review a game of, of a genre, you compare it to other other games. But from software games are reviewed, is it more like Dark Souls Two, which is considered one of the worst in the series, or more like uh, Dark Souls Three, considered one of the best? I I think that um, if the game manages to do 75% of what people are saying in that it takes everything from Dark Souls, from uh, Demon Souls, from um, what's the other game? Bloodborne, uh, Sekiro. Bloodborne, Sekiro. It takes all those things into one and manages to put it in an interesting setting and a gameplay where it's open world-like and that's and that feels good as well. I, I, and, and I'm confident because here's the thing. From software for me... There's no reason for me to doubt from software in terms of quality of a game, right? I know that this, these games specifically aren't for everybody, and I understand totally why. I I, 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 I 100% give them the benefit of the doubt that they're doing this, and Elden Ring hasn't exactly been a game that's been um, had a smooth kind of media outlook in terms of appearance, right? They, they, they announced it way too early. Uh, they talked about it a little too, too... They didn't talk about it a lot. It disappeared for a long time. The joke was... Does, is this game even real? Like, I, I think that they really have been cooking this game for a very long time to the point where you see it graphically as to how long this game has been in development. Um, ultimately, graphics, all that shit, doesn't matter. I think it should. It's the answer reason. I think it should. But it doesn't really matter for this game. I think in, in, in that long-winded response, I think 96 is the open critic. <laughs> oh, my God. That's one of like, the greatest games of all time status, dude. Okay. It, and that's... And that's my standpoint, and that's exactly it. Because I now ask me, Marco, ask me this: Do I do I agree? Do I think it's going to be a ninety six? Personally, no, I don't. I don't think for me it's going to be. <laughs> he didn't even let me ask him. <laughs> no, don't ask me that shit. No, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I, I don't. I don't think it will. But I think ultimately, in terms of how it's going to be reviewed and how it's going to be looked at, if it does any of those things, combination of those things in that set, I think it. I think it'll it'll reach that, and that's where and that's where I'm at with that. Um, okay. I, I really do. I mean, when you look at when you okay. look at how Dark Souls Three reviewed, um, Dark Souls Three review I think is at a ninety, um, and uh, Demon Souls is at a ninety. Like all these games are all in the nineties or mid nineties. Uh, so I, I put it right up there at ninety six. Okay. Um, I should have saved my uh, that's crazy hole for now because that's crazy hole. <laughs> but uh, so crazy. I I think. Uh, Here's here's the thing about next year. <laughs> if if Zelda and El- I mean obviously Elden Ring is coming out next year, but if Zelda comes out next year, I think and as much as I hate to say this so matter-of-factly, I feel like the media at large and most of the gaming community is going to be dead set on this Elden Ring versus Zelda showdown for yeah. game of the year. I think people have already kind of preordained Elden Ring as uh, a, a classic, yeah. as an all-time great, and I, I, I just feel like people are not leaving any room for possibility, and I'm not saying you, but I'm just saying overall, yeah, yeah. people are not leaving enough room of possibility that this game could fall short in one or more ways. And so I'm, I'm just not convinced that from what we've seen, at least, as of this recording, that we have seen a greatest game of all time in the making. I think we have seen a really, really interesting take on the Souls formula in an open world space. Um, 
with a lot of, you know, tweaks and changes to kind of help make all that work. But I, 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 there's nothing that I've looked at from this game that has made me go, even as, you know, granted, this is coming from somebody who's not a Souls guy, but I can still admire a great game when I see one. I haven't seen anything that makes me get off my chair and go, okay, even though I don't play that kind of stuff, I can see why people would say that could be a, a GOAT type of game. So I'm going to say that this game is going to get reviewed really, really well, but I do think there are going to be a couple of outlets that are going to be honest um, about some of the game's shortcomings more so than others who yeah, want to kind of who want to kind of brush away some of the game's issues, particularly with performance, which sounds like it's I not in the best space. I don't agree in so that. So I don't know if I said my score. Did I say no, my score? No, I don't score? think so. No. Oh, I got, ni- I got 91. See, and that, that's fine. I, I, I don't agree because I really do think, and this is this might sound like journalists, video game journalists are shitty, but I, I do think that there's a fear of the get good or the you don't understand this. And and so, like, I, I, I think that when you look at, this is like, feels like a culmination. Now, I see, I know what you're saying, and I agree with what you're saying in terms of what you've seen. However, the feeling that I have, and the feeling that's kind of in the air in terms of what this is, Elden Ring is a culmination of all things uh, Dark Souls, Demon Souls. And that's what it feels like. That's kind of like, you know, bringing in uh, George R.R. Uh, Martin for, like, you know, uh, writing little pieces of, uh, of world information around. Like, it just feels like we've been building up to this. Um, and, and I think for me, all I'm basing mine off is that, and the fact that really, uh, from software doesn't miss. And so if they're able to, if they're able to, to really release a game that is the end all be all of all their Dark Souls kind of like, you know, fandom and all that stuff, I think that 96 would be where this would land. Uh, it puts it right up there with uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, Grand Theft Auto 5, Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey. I think that that game deserves that recognition within the pantheon of those games if it delivers on all the things that it's promising or at the very least alluding to. Now, mm. is, there a, is there a possibility that it fails in all of them? Fuck yeah. Absolutely. Ambitious as fuck. I mean, anything that's ambitious has a very big uh, possibility of failing. And I think that that's... I, I do think that this is going to be a two-tier event. It's going to be either a 90... For me, in my opinion, it's either going to be a 96 or 85. You know? Like, it, mm, it, it's either going to okay. be a failure or it's going to be uh, it, it's going to be as good as, as people are saying it is. So that's where All I'm right. coming from with that. Yeah. We'll see who's right. Um... All right, let's move on to March releases. So up next, we have Gran Turismo 7, the return of Gran Turismo for the PlayStation 5. How are you feeling about this one? I mean, I think it has to be said. Can Gran Turismo compete with Forza? That's it. I mean, I don't want to make this about PlayStation versus Xbox, but we just saw Forza Horizon 5 come out. We've seen what everything Forza Horizon has done within the absence of Gran Turismo at, at one time being the the kind of the, the top tier sim racer. Um, I think the comparison is going to be made between Gran Turismo 7 and Forza Horizon 5. I think the comparison is inevitable, albeit unfair, because of kind of what... Right. One's trying to be things. a sim, one's trying to be a... Right, but know, it's it's just game. the way it is. It's going to be compared to that. Um, there are many questions on the table that had to be answered with what Gran Turismo is going to be able to deliver. Can it bring the Gran Turismo franchise back from mediocrity to restore the franchise? And can it stand apart from the likes of Forza branding of racing? Uh, I don't think so. I, I, I think that... Um, 
unfortunately, Gran Turismo is 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 done. Um, mm. I do think that what we're gonna see here is is getting praise in terms of how it looks, but ultimately just being more of the same. I'm going 71 here for Ooh, Gran Turismo. 70. That's lower yeah. than a mug. Yeah. Okay. Um. So for me, um, I think um. I think one important thing is going to happen. I think this game's going to get delayed again. Uh, I don't see it coming out in March. I think they're going to want to create more separation from the release of Forza Horizon 5 because of just how unimaginably great that game was reviewed uh, to hopefully kind of take some some of that pressure of the comparison away. It's not going to do this. It's not going to do the trick, but they're going to try uh, to probably move it out towards the middle of, of, of the year. In my opinion, if they don't, they don't, but I just have a feeling that this isn't going to stay in March. Um, regardless, I think that this game is going to be um, a bit on the average side, um, but solid. I think there's going to be some outlets that are going to try to gas it up a little to say mm. it's Sony's answer to Forza and they're going to give it a little bit more clout than it deserves. Very true, very true. Um, so I think it's going to make it into the 80s threshold. I'm going to give it an 81 for that reason. I think it's just going to get a little too much gas than it deserves and it's going to be a relatively mm. boring game to most um, that won't get that's a lot a, of I think that's attention. the furthest we've been. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's keep doing that so I can keep keep being right and win uh, single-handedly. <laughs> um, let's go ahead and move on to an, an interesting game uh, with an interesting name. Triangle Strategy. All right, man. Break it down. What do you got? I mean, look, when you look at Octopath Traveler and what that game was, same company, same game in terms of, like, the way it looks. Um I think these games are. I think people like looking at these games. I think that when it comes to the JRPG of them all, of it all, it's pretty mediocre. The the conceit of of Octopath was interesting with eight different kind of uh, travelers. Uh, uh, I'm not too sure familiar what triangle strategy even means in terms of what how that translates to the gameplay. Um, knowing none none of really what this game is, I do think that because JRPGs do review. Well, uh, they just have to be kind of good for them to, to review well enough. I'll go 82 with what this game is going to be. Okay. Um, so I, I have a, I have a feeling this game is just going to kind of be a wet fart um, out of the gate. I just think it's going to get lost in the shuffle quickly. It's going to have a little sect of the community that's going to play it and, and think it's pretty solid overall. But... Um, I think if anything, it's just going to make people wish that they were playing a, a, another game of this ilk, like a Fire Emblem or something instead. Um, I don't think it's going to review terribly. I just don't think it's going to be a standout game at all uh, next year. So I'm actually going to give it a 77. I think it's going to be decent. It's going to get, you know, it's going to get one of those looks as far as like being kind of a maybe a hidden gem type of game um, yeah. next year. But I don't think it's going to really be... Um, anything to write home about per se uh from what i've seen of this uh interesting video game so moving on we've got tiny tina's wonderlands um in our favorite borderlands universe pablo what do you got 67 anyway <laughs> so we're just not even okay we're no, not no, even I, tough i i, I look <laughs> 
I would find it very hard to believe anybody, even Borderline, Borderland fans, like, man, I always thought it was a Tiny Tina game based on this fucking character from this one DLC we had. I, like, I, who wants this? I don't know. Um, <laughs> the writing's going to be terrible. They, 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 they fucking a whole bunch of uh, idiots writing over there. Uh, have that, and then this is what Rand, Randy Pitchford probably agreeing with this. Fuck that guy. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, whatever, 67. I mean, fuck with me a little more, I'll give you a 58, you know? Wow. <laughs> Nah, sixty-seven. Um, I, I think okay. I think it'll. I, I think based on uh, uh, it being built off the uh, the Borderlands uh, engine, I'm guessing uh, that it's gonna have some decent gameplay. I think ultimately, it's just just not gonna be a game that many people uh, are interested in playing, and, and and whatever the case may be. And I think it just it just feels like it just feels like a weird game to even be, exist. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't think. I don't think, like, you know, in terms of our rationale, I don't think we're very far apart here. Um, I think, however, it's not going to be a terrible game. Something about it. I don't know. It, it's it's not going to be great. I think it's just going to be one of those games where it's like, why did, to your point, like, why does this exist? I mean, it's it's fine, but why, but, but what does this, I don't know, why is this, why is this here? I think it's going to be the consensus of this game, even for Borderlands fans, um, which I don't understand how those people even exist at all. Um, but I'm going to be a little... That's not real. I'm going to be a little bit slightly more generous than you. I'm going to give it a 70. Um, okay. I think that it's going to be kind of just that that plain Jane game that you know is going to end up deeply discounted people get around to it later on in the year and go oh it's it's all right you know it's going to be that it's all right kind of game uh but nothing that people are really going to remember at all um shortly after it comes out in my opinion so um up next we have this is this should be an interesting one actually we've got wwe 2k22 what do you think I was looking at the other 2K games, uh, 2K uh, 20, uh, 20 notwithstanding. Um, that was just fucking abysmal. Um, it, this game actually reviews well. Um, I think, uh, I think ultimately, however, based on how terrible 2K 20 is, uh, 2K 20 was, um, I think the problem is 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 going to be as to how much of a visual upgrade this is, and how much of an actual uh, gameplay improvement is it going is it going to have? It, it's it's already teasing that it's going to look better, that it's going to play better, all that stuff. Um, I don't believe them. Um, I think it'll look better. <laughs> um, sure, uh, gameplay wise, you know, I looked at the control scheme. There's slight differences there. Uh, some a little bit more major than others but ultimately i do think that this game is going to be riddled with some sort of uh microtransaction bullshit that we haven't seen because one it's 2k two it's wwe and those motherfuckers (laughs) love money so i think it's less about how the game even plays or looks as to how fucking disgusting those microtransaction things might be uh, ultimately, for me, I think uh, what I'm gonna give, what what I'm gonna predict is a 77 uh, in terms of the overall Metacritic, Metacritic Open Critic Score, however you want to say. All right, um, I think that this game's gonna have some pretty big problems with bugs. Um, it typically always does. I think that. Um, it's going to be very apparent that this game was kind of promised to be this revamped 
gameplay revamped engine and revamped graphics and i think people are going to continue to see just as many derpy things as they always do with this game i think the roster cuts that happened it probably had a big <laughs> a very big effect on uh on, on this year's game as well there's been a lot of uh, releases this year that i'm sure has made uh finishing this game a little tough to say the least um i'm, and I'm a fan so of this I, game i love this game yeah, I, th- to me, I think I just think it's gonna be a it's gonna be a rough one for them. Uh, I'm I'm seeing a 73 in their future personally. I think it's just gonna be the kind of the same old story, and people are gonna be like, "What the hell were they doing all this time by yeah. by making yeah. us wait this long?" And it's just gonna be a mess. So, uh, moving on, we got to keep going here. Still lots of stuff to cover. We got Stalker Two, <laughs> Heart of Chernobyl. Coming out. Um, what do you think about this? Think, this is a really think, intriguing game. I think this is going to be our more, our, our more. I think we'll be really far apart on this one. Um, okay. I think. I don't know. Uh, All right. I I think this will be a little controversial. I want to be wrong, but I think Soccer Two is going to be one of those visually stunning games, but that could only carry it so far. I'm thinking the Order, uh, eighteen. What's it? You better stop it. You better stop. We're, 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 I'm not gonna help. I'm not gonna help you be we're, wrong. <laughs> where that where that game is where that game is visually when it, for its time, incredible and even I think underrated in many ways in terms of like the overall game. It's super short. It's like four and a half five hours. I think it's super interesting story all that stuff. I think that this game is gonna f- carry a lot of those kind of same uh, those kind of same uh, factors. But I think narratively. It's going to be a problem. I think there's going to be... I don't think it's going to be fun to shoot. I don't think to actually play the game. I think it's going to be... It's just going to feel... It's... Okay, it's not going to feel equal parts of what it's graphically looking like. So it's going to look great. It's not going to play okay. great. Its story's not going to be great. It's going to be too many things going against it. And I think that that, that Xbox really hyping this game up to be something that it's not. Uh, and and I, I I just I, I think this is a really it'll be a really cool game, uh, but I, I I really believe it's gonna be a Metacritic at seventy four. Cool. Yeah, that's I, I think I I just think I just think people are gonna have a lot of problems with with it. Whether it's the sensibility uh, of the studio, because I mean. I think it's a lot of the same people who made the Metroid games, um, and, and those games always kind of get hit a little too hard. I think uh, in terms of, of of I don't think I don't want it to be seventy four, and I don't. And, but I do think when you look at the history of the Met, okay. uh, the Metroid games, they get hit really hard. Like they they get unfairly like fucking smashed uh, a lot of times with with especially the the, the first two games, uh, which I don't think are, are terrible at all by any stretch. But I think that soccer is going to fall in that same category. That's some old Cherno bull, uh, <laughs> right? Am I right? No. No? Mm-mm. Okay. Amen. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I, I, I actually think this game is going to turn out pretty well. Uh, and I think there's a few things in particular that are going for it. I don't think you're entirely off base about some of the gameplay concerns and just how it can maybe feel a little bit like a slog in some ways. Um, but here's the thing. This, to me... Maybe by all accounts from what we've talked about so far, with a couple of exceptions like Horizon, um, this game might be one of the more next-gen looking games we're going to get uh, this year. Yeah, from from all from all uh, accounts. So the order I think too. that's gonna that's gonna give shut up. That's gonna <laughs> give that's gonna give this game a little bit more of a push than um, true. Than normal, uh, and I think people are going to be really excited to see uh, kind of more 
more or less a more of a show PC kind of game like this. Um, I think it's going to be one of those games that gets a lot of eights, 8.5s, and occasional sixes from people that just don't really get the the ebb and flow of a game like this, kind of like kind of like a, um, a Metro. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think overall it's going to do very well. Uh, and I think that Microsoft saw something in this in this idea to to get this exclusive that uh, is for a reason. So I'm going to say 82. I got 82 on this thing. Yeah. So we will see. Yeah. I mean, look, I I I think out of all the games of the year, I for me, it's one of the ones that I'm the most curious about because mm-hmm. uh, I have a feeling as well that this game might also be delayed. Uh, that's just kind of uh-huh. like where, where I'm at as well with the game, but. Um, I'm the most curious about it because I, I really want. I, I'm really interested. Is it? Is it like Xbox is pushing as their next big the shooter almost? So mm-hmm. we'll see. All right, man. Well, let's keep it moving. Up next, we have the reboot of Saints Row. Talk to me. What do you got? Has a lot riding on it. Um, fans already sus- uh, suspicious about what what it is. Um, already general thoughts about it. Very negative in terms of how it looks. Uh, I do think that it will not overcome these obstacles, even though if it does, even though if it's a fun game to play, uh, seemingly running um, away from a month of quality games uh, as well. Uh, you know, it, coming out of February, I'm gonna liken this game to another game that they've made, and that's Agents of Mayhem. Now, Agents of Mayhem, but with believe it or not, is a really fucking fun play the game uh play, game to play uh it is just like it, it is it is you take the, the the formula saints row and you give these guys some kind of superpowers and you put them in like this open world it's actually kind of really fun to play um ultimately it's just it there's there's a lot missing uh with here and I, and I think that saints row the reboot is just going to be a game that people are going to either want it to be as insane as three was or even four or to be a little bit more like two was, which is you know somewhere in the middle, and I think that the game is going to be a a happy medium between what three gave us and what two gave us, uh, because they, I mean, what what where the hell are they going to go? They, they you became president and had superpowers. I mean, it was like it's <laughs> it was like next level. I I think um, for me, I'm at seventy one here uh, with Saints Row. Wow. Okay. Um, okay. I I I, right. I, I, I I really want this game to be good. I think Saints Row is a fucking blast to play, specifically three. I I know you're a big Saints Row fan. I think I'm just a Saint Rose three fan. I think at the, at this point, um, but I I would love this game to be good. I I personally had no problems with the way the game looked. Um, I think aesthetically, it's it's kind of like what I was expecting from a Saints Row game to begin with. Uh, mm. But ultimately, I, I think that uh, it's going to get a lot of those. It's not as good as any of the Saints Row games. An unnecessary remake or or, or a reimagining or a re, uh, what, what what are they calling it? Reboot. A reboot. Um, I I think it's seventy one. It's where okay. it's going to land. Yeah, I mean, I think that Saints Row is in a weird spot where they're kind of in like the same spot that Far Cry's in with Far Cry 3. Everyone just loves Saints Row the Third. That's their Far Cry 3 game. And I think that that's going to be a comparison that's no doubt going to happen with this reboot, just yeah. to compare the zaniness of, of the third versus this. I think that this game, however, is... for. Th- 
I, I just have a good feeling that it's it's going to end up being one of those really, really fun games that's kind of like what Crackdown was supposed to be in, right. in, a, in a way, um, where it's just going to be a, a mindless good time where you can just engage in all kinds of fun stuff, like per, per usual. I think what's going to hold this game back is that I think the new characters are going to be a little touch and go for some people because they're more hipster-like from what we've seen than what we're used to. Um and I think that's going to be a little annoying, you know, with like the quips and, and the dialogue being a little different from what we're used to. Um, and I think that the other problem is we haven't really um, learned a lot else about the game so far. So I, I don't know what their rollout's going to be, but I'm obviously they delayed the game to August for a reason. But I'm curious to know how much of the game we're going to see up until release. Um so I, I don't know how confident they are right, right now. So, um, but still in all, I think the game's going to be, it's going to turn out fine, um, but it's going to have some flaws and some bugs and some glitches and some usual stuff we get from open world games. So I'm going to say 82 hmm. on this one. I got 82 wow. for this thing. That's pretty high. I got this. Um, let's go ahead and uh, jump into the next one. And this one is a big one for Xbox. Starfield. Yeah. Talk to me. What you got, man? Uh, this is either going to revitalize and reconstitute Bethesda as the premier studio for Western RPGs, or it's going to be another solid RPG from Bethesda. Um, what people tend to forget is that I think Bethesda's figured out the formula in terms of making a great Western RPG. Now, Bethesda, for me, like I was, we had this conversation, isn't a studio that's of, of innovation anymore. It's more of a studio of modifying and improving its winning and proven formula. Um, even a familiar Bethesda game, to me, is a great game, a great video game. On, on Just looking at uh, Fallout 4 comes to mind, where it wasn't as revolutionary as uh, Fallout 3, not by any stretch. It's more of a continuation of what they did. Uh, and, and but it's still a really great game. Um, I have enough confidence in Bethesda and what they're trying to do here. <clears throat> sorry, that I think they're going to do something special. Um, however, uh, I do think one of the criticisms that this game is going to get is that it's still going to not look as good as other games within its. Um, kind of caliber. I do think that the modification of the engine that they're using is going to improve it in a lot of ways. I think it's going to probably be the best Bethesda game they've ever put out. I just, I, I, I just, you know, I, I don't, I can't recall any Bethesda game that's come out, you know, a Western RPG that is like mind-blowingly good looking. Like 4 came out and it wasn't great looking, even at the time. It had some good things about it and it looked clean and it looked great, but it wasn't like blowing your mind with like, you know... And I think that's that's I think people are going to attach themselves to criticisms, and and I think that's going to be one of them. However, I think it's going to be really well reviewed. I, I'm saying ninety three. Ninety three. Okay. Yeah. Um. This is a fascinating game because earlier when we were talking about Elden Ring, and I had said I think that the media is going to try to make this a two game race for Game of the Year. I think that people are going to feel like this game uh, is going to get snubbed from that conversation. Um, even though it's going to have a lot of weight behind it with the media, with marketing rather, uh, and, and, and the media, uh, giving it a lot of love. 
Um, I think it's just going to kind of get, you're, you're great. And we have no reason to say you're not part of this conversation, but you're not part of this conversation. So, and I think that's going to show through in the reviews a little bit. Um, and I think people are going to be a little harsh in some ways uh, on some of the bugs of the game because of how highly it's going to be marketed. Because um, it will have that that Bethesda jank, I think, in some respects. I I, um, I think if it does, that I think that's going to affect it really hard. I, I I do think that the the, the delay that they put, I, I'm hoping it's to take those things out. Because, I mean, yeah. at this point, we can't have that shit no more. We can't have that shit no more. No. No, we can't. Um, but, you know, I, I think the game is going to review really, really well. Uh, I think it's going to end up with an uh, 89 average to me, which I think... I think overall it's, um, you know, it's, like I said, it's going to get a lot of love. Um, but I think people are going to, um, sort of be a little too harsh about some, some things and, and maybe some, uh, you know, fair criticisms about other things. Um, uh, but I think it is going to be one of their better IP. Uh, and I think that they are going to have a lot of good stuff to build from in the future. Um, now we get into our unscheduled releases. So for all intents and purposes, we think these games are a lock to come out this year. So we're going to go off the assumption that they are. Um, but these are basically going to be in alphabetical order from here on out. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump into the first one real quick. Advance Wars 1 and uh, 2 Reboot Camp uh, was delayed to next year. Um, where do you think this one's going to land? I don't really have a lot to say about this specifically. Uh, other than I know people are really excited for it, uh, the art style is not a, uh, it's not it wasn't particularly interesting to me though I know what they were going for. Uh, I think mm-hmm. ultimately, uh, you know, being a Nintendo game and 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 there's a Nintendo, there is a Nintendo fucking uh, grading curve if you, if you've ever seen one. Um, I do think it's going to be a really well well received game. I'm going 88 here uh, with Vance Wars. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I I think it's going to be received well too, but I think it's going to hover around that eight. Point oh range with most reviews, um, so I'm going to give it an eighty myself. Um, People love I think it's gonna, this shit, man. I think, yeah, I think, I think it's going to be uh, awesome for for current fans. I just don't see a lot of newcomers like playing it for the first time and going, "Oh my god, this is a revelation for me." I think you kind of had to be there in that era to really uh, appreciate what the game is. Yeah. So, but that's why I think um, it's going to review well because reviewers are going to be like, "Oh, this is much." Because you know when you when we we joke about like Sonic, nobody really likes Sonic game or 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 f-zero there's no real there you know people who talk about video games consistently and constantly bring up advanced wars i don't get it but they do you know it's true um up next we have uh a play tale requiem so this is one of those hidden gem uh ips that, that that debuted um that um a lot of people thought was one of those quintessential great double a uh games that uh yeah, you know we were fortunate enough to get a sequel for so um i think you dabbled in the first one i don't yeah. know if you beat it but um, i didn't beat it because it got to yeah it got to a point in the middle where it was kind of like i don't want to play okay. this i just kind of want to experience the story Got it. Okay. So based on, um, you know, what we've, you know, what we know of the series, you know, with the first game and what we've know about this game, how do you feel this is going, this one's going to go? I mean, the original one was an incredible piece of narrative storytelling from all, you know, from everything I've read and, 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 and mm-hmm. experienced it myself. I thought it was really well done in that way. Uh, it lacked in the gameplay department um, to the point where yeah. it kind of took me out of it completely. Um, uh, but, you know, it had this really cool rat animations uh, with the light, uh, with the fire and lighting of kind of getting the rats out of your way that really added yeah. some pretty cool puzzle pieces to, to the environment. But the moment-to-moment gameplay wasn't very good for me. Um, 
with any sequel that with the original garner positive reviews, I, I think that there's a really high expectations. I, I, I'm not sure if the fast turnaround the sequel is either a good sign or a bad sign. Uh, but it would be a shame if they fucked this up. I, I, I think it, I think it's gonna do well. I think I think it's going to review at uh, at an eighty. Okay, uh, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I just think that they're gonna figure out certain things. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think the gameplay is going to be any better. I think there'll be better things. I think they hope they understand the game a little better and not put yourself in these weird situations where, oh, maybe I can take. Nope, I have to throw a rock over mm-hmm. here, and that that hopefully they 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 figure that out. But I think it'll do well at eighty. Okay, yeah, we're not too far apart. I got eighty-one for my score. Um, I, I think that uh, they're going to have a little bit more game in there. Uh, compared to the first game, which was, um, you know, I think it'll still be very linear like the first game was, but I think there's just going to be a little bit more variation in what you can do. Um, Because I would imagine, you know, uh, these kids are a little older, so they're a little bit more capable than they were in the first game where they were just kind of running for their lives. They're probably a little bit more seasoned, and I think they probably want that to reflect a little bit more in this game. So um, I think there'll be a little bit more diversity there. But overall, I think it's going to hover around that 81 uh, to be specific, because I think uh, in the end it's still going to feel very double A. Um, but I think it's gonna it's it's gonna be one of those games where people are like, um, y'all should come back to this one. Uh, you know, game pass it, do what you got to do, get it when it's on sale because it's actually better than people think. It'll be that hidden gem, dark horse ish kind of game uh, next year, in my opinion. So eighty one for me. Uh, this one's fascinating. We got uh, potentially the release of Avatar: Frontiers of Pandora. So. How do you feel this one's going to turn out for Ubisoft? I think I think that it might surprise a lot of people in terms of the quality of the game. Uh, but ultimately I, ultimately, I don't think it'll reach the height of Critical Darling in any way or shape or form. Uh, nothing about what I see seemed interesting. Um, it's a mediocre IP with probably a mediocre game that's coming to it uh i i do think it'll be it won't be a disaster but i'm going 73 in terms of how Mm. review yeah okay yeah i mean i think that um when i think about them wanting to take on this license i think that they're going to put a lot of effort into this game um, I just think that unfortunately it's going to feel like a very Ubisoft game for better or for worse. So I think it's going to have its share of people that actually really take to it pretty well uh, and like that that formula. And I think there's going to be people that are like more maybe like us that are like, but why though? Um, yeah. So I think it's going to review pretty decently, to be honest. I just think that it's going to be uh, one of those games that not everyone's going to be sold on buying right away because, again, like you said, Avatar is it's popular, but it's not. It ain't like that though. You know what I mean? I don't like so that. The, the best thing I, I, ever, I think the best thing I ever uh, experienced at Avatar was that ride in Animal Kingdom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one bad, uh, but I'm going to say actually I'm going to give it an 81. I think it's going to wow, think it's going to be an 81 hell. kind of game. Yeah, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be I all right. I, I think again, the, they went after Avatar for a reason. I would imagine they're gonna put a lot of um, money and, and time into oh. this one to make it to make it pretty good. Or they went after Avatar for a reason because it's gonna coincide with the release of the movie, and also it doesn't yeah. have to be that good for them to to get people to buy it. Because you know, but we'll, we'll see. see. Yeah, yeah. Um, up next, we have um, Bayonetta three coming out on the Nintendo Switch. Pablo, what do you got? 
<sighs> I think the platform in which the game exists will be detrimental to Bayonetta's flirtation with greatness. I, 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 I think so. I, I just, I think we're going to getting to a point with the Nintendo Switch where there's there's ambitious games like Bayonetta three that are just not going to perform as well as you want them to. Now, here's the thing. I'm sure Platinum Games is a very good developer and they understand the limitations of of what the platform is. So at that point, it's still negative for me because now they're taking what this game could be and nerfing it so it can fit the platform in which it's going to debut on and be exclusively on. So ultimately, I, I think it'd be really hard for them to... I think it's capped at a certain review, and that review for me is 85. I think that's that's the best that this game could do based on the platform that it's on. Is the gameplay going to be fun? Yes. Is the story going to be wacky fucking demon? Yeah. yeah. Is, it, is she going to is, is, is she gonna be Bay? Absolutely. Is it going to be fun mm -hmm. to play? Yeah. Is it going to be one of my top games of the year? Most likely. Absolutely. But I, I do think we've gotten to a point where we can no longer ignore the limitations of the platform. So either one, the game is going to be buggy or not look great or not perform way in terms of frames, or there's going to it's going to be capped at a position where, it, man, this could have been so much greater or grander, and it's not because they're trying to make this game fucking not make your Nintendo Switch explode. <laughs> so that's where that's where I'm at. I think it capped at 85. I think it's the best this game could possibly do. Oh God, I hope that they work some magic and it's not. Obviously, but 85 is, is a really good score. So I, I'm doing 85. No, that's a good score. Um, I just think you're a little low. Uh, I, I think that uh, this is an 87 for me, actually. I think that this game, what, what I was waiting to see was how this game was going to re-reveal. Um, I wanted to see how... Um, how it looked, obviously, just the, the style, the just the that that narcissistic, egotistical Bayo just kind of strutting her stuff. I wanted to see how I hate and I hate describing games in this way, but how confident the game looked, you know? Um, and I hadn't seen anything in that trailer that made me feel the least bit worried. Um, I think what we have to look forward to with, when it comes to graphics and performance is probably something that is exactly the way Bayonetta 2 runs on Switch, which is um, not the prettiest, but it's passable and it works. Um, but, you know, probably, you know, the, the resolution is going to be, you know, variable or whatever you call it, uh, just to kind of get by undocked. But I think this game's going to be excellent, and I think people are going to really really love uh this game uh i think it's going to be um probably a little shy of of being as good as bayonetta 2 was but i think that the time that it had uh to kind of get reconfigured in whatever ways it had to uh to explain its absence will prove to be so, uh worthwhile and it'll get an 87 the caveat for me is if for whatever reason because the nintendo's nintendo nintendo they're weird and they released a nintendo pro which, you know, all mm. rumors showing that it's not going to mm. happen, but they do next year, and this game comes out with that, then I, I would say 89, you know, 88, okay. 89. But um, what are the chances of the game being delayed till the, the new Switch comes out? I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. I, think, I don't know. I think, I think, I think they had to very, be very careful about when they were going to bring this game back to the spotlight again. I think they kind of know where they stand now. So Okay, that, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, here we go, man. It's time. The sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, uh, which has no name, 
currently at this juncture. Um, we're just going to lovingly call it Breath of the Wild 2. Pablo, floor is yours. Uh, I don't got a lot to say um, because of the fact that yeah, it speaks for itself. Um, I think Open Critic has uh, Breath of the Wild at 96, which is just under Mario Odyssey, which is fucking nuts. Uh, but anyway, um, I think I'm going to go ahead and, and just kind of dub this the best reviewed game of all time, tied with uh, Odyssey <laughs> at 97. Whoa. Okay. I mean, I mean, 97. That's what Odyssey stands right at right now. I, I just don't see I, I, even if wow, the game. Ho. <laughs> but here's the thing, though, and, and, and he should be being quite honest. Even if the game okay. isn't as good as Breath of the Wild, the first one, it's going to review better than Breath of the Wild, or just as good, because it's just it's just the way these things work with Nintendo and, and the way it reviews. Uh, uh, there, there are very more than any platform. There are very specific outlets that are that that rarely review outside of Nintendo, and all you got to do is check off certain aspects of the game. And if the game is even if it's close to how good Breath of the Wild was. It, it, it'll be, even if it's a similar, even if it's like the fucking one for one with just kind of different settings, I think it'll review just as well. Personally, uh, I think the game has to do a lot more than what it did with Breath of the Wild for me to, 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 to say, yeah, this is like the, the greatest game of all time, obviously. But I think it's time for me to kind of come into a realization that this is the second best for me Zelda game of all time. Uh, uh, Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild. So, um, at that, w- with with that kind of mindset going into two and everything that we've seen, because uh, no lie, man, Breath of the Wild two, that trailer show, that shit was hype city, bro. That shit looked fucking incredible. Um, <laughs> just absolutely, it's amazing, and just kind of like all the story possibilities. I I think really what's gonna push this game over the top, and I hope, is that they learned their lesson with how bare bones the story was, uh, and they and they and they. And they push that forward here more. That that's more on the f- forefront, which the the reveal trailer kind of showed that might be the case here. Um, uh, so if if they're able to do everything they did with the wild and also have a substantial story, I mean it'll be hard for for, for reviewers to kind of not lick their chops and and, and kind of give it a ten across the board. This game's gonna have a lot of fucking tens. Um. All right. So I think I think you're kind of wrong here. I and here's why. I think that people are going to have Breath of the Wild in their mind every moment that they play through this game. And I think that the inevitable, do I like this one better or that one better, is going to be very prevalent, as expected, in a lot of conversations and a lot of media dialogue as well. And I think I have a feeling, and I have nothing to substantiate this, but I think people are going to feel um, a little too strongly about the first Breath of the Wild over this one and i think that is going to the people these reviewers are going to treat that very literally with their scores i love this game and i think it's an all-time best for zelda but i think it's not quite breath of the wild for me i think you're going to hear a lot of that and i think people are literally going to go um lower on their scores just by maybe a 0.5 or a whole point to reflect that alone even though they love everything about the game so i think ultimately that's going to have a trickle down effect on the game score and bring it down to a 92 um i think it will be the best reviewed game of the year still um 
it is my highest rated game that I have just to spoil the, <laughs> what I have here. But I think um, because people will have a more of a special place in their heart for Breath of the Wild 1, this game, despite its greatness, will not be held in as high of a regard as its predecessor. So the, that's what I got. The only reason I disagree with you on that is because when I was kind of kind of doing my, my thought process with Breath of the Wild 2, what I did is I looked at Red Dead Redemption 1 and then Red Redemption 2. Red Redemption 2 is by far a higher rated game than 1. I think the first one... I think the second one is better than the first one, in my opinion. But I don't think by it that much. Um, but I do think that because of just... It checked all the boxes of what Red Redemption is. And, and just it was just a little better. It was just a little better in all the aspects. I think that mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild 2 is going to fill in that that those, those moments in terms of better story, better gameplay... Uh, graphically just a little better. Uh, I don't know. We'll yeah. see. I, I, we'll see. I, I, I don't think you're off base by any chance. I mean, you're, you're sitting here telling me it's going to be the greatest review game of all time. However, I will say, next year is a huge year for video games. So many great games, uh, God of Wars, all that, and you think 92 is the highest of the year? Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that for a lot of reasons, um, it's harder to get higher review averages now than it was a couple years ago. I just think people are more, I think video game media is, is more fickle and weirder than ever with their scoring systems. I've seen too many games get higher scores. They deserve too many games get lower scores than they deserve to really trust that, um, we're going to see games that reach those highs as much as we used to. It's super, but that's a whole different tangent, but that's that's, that's where I'm at. Look, uh, you're right. Like this year you got, 92, Forza Horizon 5. Psychonauts is at 89. It Takes Two is 89. Ratchet and Clank is 88. Overboard is 88. Deathloop Mm -hmm. is 88. Halo multiplayer is 88. And Tales of Arise is 87. And those games are like really good games. Some of those, yeah. Yeah. Um, So let's let's keep it moving. We got to keep going through the rest of these. We got Dead Space up next. What do you got? Uh, For Dead Space, I have... I'm just going to go give you the number up here. 91. Uh, I think uh, okay. for me, it's going to be one of those games where people are are, are going to go crazy for the fact that it's a remake of a really already excellent game. And I think they're treating this with, with the respect that it deserves. And I really do think it's going to be like, it's going to be just one of those like, um, kind of like what Resident Evil 2 did with the original mm-hmm. Resident Evil 2. I think that's going to be like, that's going to be the best comparison, which those games are absolutely better than the original because of you know, the graphical updates and all that stuff. So I think that's where Dead Space is going to land. It's pretty high, okay. but I, I, Dead Space is a very, very beloved franchise that people have been wanting a lot for, and I think people are going to be thirsty for it and just going to really grade the fuck out of that at a, at a high level. Yeah, I think um, I I think the game's going to turn out very good, too. I just think that, and I'm not saying that I'm going to end up agreeing with this uh, philosophy, but I feel like people are going to probably expect more from this than what is promised um in some way or form or fashion and i think because of that it's going to get an 85 um score overall um for being a great game but just one of those one of those games where people just can't put a finger on what they were really wanting uh more of but people kind of weirdly expecting more out of this uh than what was uh, initially told to them but i think it'll be great so i'm going to say 85 um up next we got four spoken uh, the uh, the PlayStation exclusive from Square Enix. What do you got? 
That's just kind of a difficult one for me because the pedigree behind it, the people behind it, it seems like a, like it's really, um, you know, like a lot of good people are behind the game. But everything I've seen from the game just doesn't really speak to me in any way, shape, or form. I think it looks cool. I think it'll review well enough because of the fact that it is a Sony exclusive game. But even then, I don't think it'll it that's going to carry it too far. I actually have it at seventy eight. Okay, not too far off. I got seventy nine on this one actually. I think it's going to feel like. It's, it's going to be one of those games where we're going to pl- where people are going to play it and go, we're never going to get a sequel to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I just think that's going to be very telling because I think it's going to be kind of pretty to look at, um, but it's going to be an obnoxious story in my opinion, and I feel like the gameplay looks cooler than how it's probably going to feel to play it. I don't, I don't think it looks like a very deep game either. Agreed. So I'm going to say 79 personally um, on that one. Uh, up next, we have Ghostwire Tokyo. I, I don't, this is I don't, an interesting one. Yeah, I don't know. I, I had no idea what to do here. Um, I, I'm going to go with my gut, and I'm going to go 76. Um, that's low. Okay. But the yeah. reason why I think it's low, it's low, it's because of... There's so many things about this game that I don't fucking get. I don't know what this game is. I don't know what it's trying to do. I, I just... Nothing about it for me specifically looks interesting. Um, I think the art style is pretty dope. Um, I don't know. I, I, I usually by usually these Bethesda games, Deathloop had kind of the same kind of thing where it's like I don't know what this game is, but I knew way more about Deathloop at this point than I know about Ghostwire Tokyo. Uh, mm. uh, so before it came out, so I am very confused as to what this is. Some troubling development with the director leaving, like right in the middle of development. Um, I don't know. I, I, I whatever. I, I just don't know what. To, I, I'm just kind of throwing up a fucking like <laughs> I don't know and going 76 year for this one. Um, I, I don't fully disagree, but I think that what, what this has is, is a little bit of a weird tilt going for it because it's another, it's, it could it be, you know, the 2022 death loop for, for Sony because of how great death loop was. And I think people are either going to be kind of riding that high and giving this game more praise than it might deserve. Um, or people look, you know, kind of see it as a, as a ho-hum game. I think it's going to be more like a combination of like a fear mixed with like uh, general first person shooter slash horror stuff. Um, and I think people will find it to be pretty decent, but I think it's going to review a little bit better than it deserves. So I'm actually going to say 82, uh, okay. with people kind of going, wow, that's really high. I think it's going to be one of those scores where people are like, I didn't expect it to be that high. Is it that good? Or is right. it, you know, and I think people are going to play it themselves and go, Oh, I don't really see what's yeah. so great about it. Yeah. So I got 82. Um, here's another banger, man. God of war. Ragnarok is dropping. Hopefully the, uh, next year, if it does, what do you think? Okay, I think that, in my opinion, the first God of War game really stood out with its relationship between father and son. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think that there was this upswell of like this being a revitalization of that franchise and, and, and really growing up. With Kratos in terms of being this like person where they had like a threesome sex game in, in God of War 2 <laughs> yeah. and then bringing it here to this grizzled vet of the fucking god uh, pantheon having a child losing his wife I think it's going to be hard for them to repeat that kind of story that's going to be that like so fucking 
visceral in emotionality. Um, I think they're going to try. I think they're going to do a good job. But I do think that God of War is going to... I think it's going to pivot towards more of an action-based, like, kind of getting... Going to Thor, mm-hmm. you know, like, like it's it, it's still gonna be very much about a story in terms of like this father and son, but I just don't know where they're gonna go. Hopefully, they surprise me. Uh, with all that being said, I, I, the only reason I'm going to, uh, about it in this way is because I gave uh, 94 to um, uh, to Horizon Forbidden West. I think that that game had a lot to improve upon. And so I think that people are going to recognize it. I think that God of War is pretty perfect, the original. And I think, unfortunately, for that, I think that they're gonna. this is going to be a lot more of the same in terms of combat. The story's not going to be as great. And so it's probably going to review at a 91. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I think for me, I, I kind of feel the opposite. I think the gameplay is going to feel a little too um, uh, familiar, but not bad in a bad way yeah. at all. I think the story is where uh, the game is, I think, going to actually shine the most because there's a lot of moving parts now uh, as what, after what we saw with the you know the 2018 release um, that I think is going to come to a head with it, it, literally with Ragnarok itself, which is a huge uh, thing. So I think this is going to be this is going to be a very you know as usual a very story focused game, but I think there's going to be a lot more ramifications that um, will have a, a lasting effect on the series moving forward from here. Um, so because of that, I think it is going to be uh, reviewed very favorably. But I think some of the familiarity of the gameplay is going to make people feel like it. it like, like it's almost more of an expansion. It's going to have that kind of dialogue, um, despite its greatness. But I think it's going to review as at a 90 uh, overall. I think it's going to be, uh, I think I think the original is at a 94, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think it's going to be seen as great, uh, it, as as great as uh, the, the, the last game was. But I do think that it is going to be uh, one of the top games of the year for sure. 95, yeah. 95? Okay, gotcha. Um, cool, man. We're almost home. Uh, Gotham Knights is up next. What do you think? I think this game is... I, I really had, like, going back and forth between two scores, which is, like, one point away from each other. I, I'm actually going to go ahead and, and give it a... I think it's going to go 79. Um, I, I think that a lot of the multiplayer stuff or the, or the you know, the co-op stuff, I think a lot of that is going to hurt the game. Um, I, I just... I, I Gotham, the, those games, the, the, the Batman games were really good. Um... I don't think it needed to be completely just reworked in this way, where you could have still had Nightwing and, and Batgirl and Batman in, in, in this whole thing. And I know the whole story is that Batman is quote unquote dead, and you know they're trying to figure out who did it. Blah blah. I I don't think it's very interesting. I mean, nobody really dies in comic books. I, Batman quote dying is not a shocker to me. He's not dead. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, and, and it's just it, it, yeah. none of it really works for me. So I'm gonna go ahead and say 79 in terms of what this ultimately is gonna be based on the fact that. I don't. I think people are gonna are are gonna not love the story, but also are going to kind of miss how the original games played in terms of Arkham City and Arkham Knight and all that good stuff. Okay. Um. So for me, uh, not too far off, man. I I give, I'm giving it a 78 though. I'm going. Uh, I'm going there. So I think. I think for me, um, this game just doesn't. Something just seems off. And it's just one of those things where I I wish I could say more about what's making me feel that way per se, but I just don't get the impression that this one is all that special. Um, So I think this could be 
kind of uh, on flop alert, uh, in my opinion, based on just kind of what it could it could have been. Uh, so I'm going to say 78. I think it'll be decent, but it, it just isn't going to connect in some way, shape, or form. I think this is the one I'm the most concerned about being wrong for, though, because it could end up being really good, yeah. uh, surprisingly, like a surprise hit. But I, just something about it's making me think 78. So I'm sticking to my guns there. Um, Hogwarts Legacy. How do you feel about this I, one? I think this is going to be the game that people are going to look back at and next year and be kind of the, the gem or not the gem, like the hidden gem, like the game that mm. people didn't expect to be not only like good, but really good. Um, I'm a, I'm a Harry Potter fan in terms of like the movies, all that stuff. I have no real kind of expectation or even excitement for this specifically. However, it does. It, it is saying all the right words. It is supposed to be an immersive RPG uh, and also, it is a open world uh, action RPG at that as well. So, I mean, right? That's kind of my that's my shit right there. So, and then bringing the Harry uh, the Harry Potter uh, license, and then everything that that's kind of been said, where they're, they're saying that the game is in a really good spot, that it could have probably released in 2021, but due to the fact that um, oh wait, this game isn't coming out this year, is it not? Oh, next year. It's not. I, I just realized that it's been delayed to 2022. 2022 is what we're talking about. Oh, we're 2020. You mean 2023? Are we in 2021 right now? Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I know that. I know that. I just had a whole... Oh, boy. All right. Let's go back here. Uh, but anyway... We're recording this late, by the way. Just <laughs> yeah, so it's you really, know. Sorry. Yeah, it's coming out next year. So I, I, I think that... Um, uh, they're saying the game is in a really good spot. The only reason it was delayed was because they were really afraid of of the the PR backlash with J.K. Rowling and all that bullshit. Uh, her being turning out to be a piece of shit. Uh, but um, so that's one of the main reasons uh, in terms of the delay itself. Uh, so I, I, I'm actually interested in like if this is going to be as good as I think it is, I, I don't know mm-hmm. if it will be, but I think it's going to be that game where it's going to be like, oh, well, this is pretty good. I'll say 81. I turned on the flop alert siren for the uh, Gotham Knights game. I'm keeping it on. Uh, yeah, you could I be got right. a weird feeling right. about this one, man. Something about this game. So on two levels, number one is wrong or right. I think that the JK Rowling stuff is in some capacity going to bleed into the reviews. Yep. I think it's inevitable. It's I think her, it's just it's her shit. some outlets like the Kotaku's of the world are are it's it, they're not going to avoid that. They're going to get right at Polygon, wait, you know, waypoints type of stuff. We're going to see a lot of that stuff. Um, you know, and and I'll let the listeners be the judge as to whether they think that's deserved or not. Um, I have my own opinion about it. I'm with Pablo on 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 where I stand with her. Um, but I think nevertheless, I think that's going to play a part in the scoring of the game. I also think that this game, uh, might be not, it might not be all we hope it is, you know, and, and I, I'm not a Harry Potter guy myself. I don't know too much about, you know, uh, all, all of that stuff, but I don't know if it's going to be as robust and deep and extensive and and rich with content like and it has people are hoping and, and it, it has, has to be, be yeah but I don't think it's going to do it yeah. so I I'm I'm looking at a 79 here yeah I, I think that the only way this game is successful is that it, it, it not only caters to fans with uh, Easter eggs but also that it is uh, very uh, robust now mm-hmm. the funny thing about this game is. 
Um, if this game was open world, but only set in Hogwarts, where mm-hmm. every room and every level of that school can be opened and entered, that'd be fucking fantastic. You know, just that very small level. But I, I don't think that's what's going to happen here. Uh, but to your point, this game does have to be robust. has to be... It has a lot working against it. It's a license game, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it has to. It has to kind of. And who's bust making of, this game? Uh, I think it's. I think it's. I think it's WB. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Who? Who are these people? Okay. Great. Looking forward to this game. But who is y'all? <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> who it, you is? But here's I the don't thing. know. Even if it was, if even if it was a a, a studio with a high pedigree. Oh, it's actually Avalanche stu- uh, software. Mm. Who's uh? They've made what? They've made recently, uh, Cars Three, Driven mm-hmm. to Win. Oh, they they made the NCAA college game that one time. Wow, bangers! Listen, they, listen. Oh, they made Twenty Five to Life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're they're, okay. the, they're the people behind Disney Infinity, which is really oh it flopped. Um, oh. Look, no, no, look, all all that bullshit aside, a studio can break through and just be like great. But I I think there's too much writing on this game, and it has to be excellent. But it could be. We'll see. It could be. We'll you see. never know. All right, we got to keep it moving. We're almost done. We got Kirby and the Forgotten Land. How do you feel about this one, man? Uh, Kirby going 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 big this year next year yeah. rather? or what I think, do you think? Yeah 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 I think I think it's gonna be great I think it's gonna be one of those games that people really are are are, are pleased to 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 love as much as they do I'm going 88. Mm, okay. Yeah I, I just it looks um, great it looks great and it looks a lot like uh, the Mario Odyssey like uh, of 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 what Kirby's trying to do and that's and that's exciting. I think people are gonna want it to be that. But I think it's going to fall short a little bit. I think it's going to be a solid game. I think Kirby games just, they can't get over the, the, the hump and just be amazing. Yeah. And as much as I want to believe that this game's going to be that one that turns the corner, something about the way this game looks, while awesome looking, it looks like it could still be a little too shallow for what I'm hoping it could be. So I'm not I'm not believing it's going to be the be-all, end-all that we hope it will be for the Kirby series, but I do think it's going to be solid. So I'm going to say 83. Yeah. Um, up next, we got Mario Rabbit Sparks of Hope. This is an interesting one. Yeah. Got reviewed pretty favorably with the first game. How do you feel about this one? Yeah, I think it looks just as good. I think uh, little gameplay things they did with the fact that you can move around freely within the zone instead of just like keeping you within the block uh, uh, in a right. block kind of section off. I think that there's a really cool kind of thing where you know, it feels more like you're playing as Mario or any of the characters. Um, I think it's cool. I think it'll review decent enough. I think um, ultimately, you know, it'll be a lot like the first one, so that'll hurt it a little bit. But I think 81 is what we're looking at here for Mario Plus Rabbids. Mm. I think that's a little low, man. Um, I, I, I think that people um, kind of undersold how good the first game was. I think everyone just kind of gave it a safe score because no one really wanted to stick their necks out and say, oh, this is actually really good. But you heard a lot of that groundswell of love after the fact. And so I think a lot of people are going to be more comfortable um, giving it a higher score uh, as reviewers. So I actually see this getting an 87. I think it is going to be wow. a better game than I think it's going to be better than the first game. 
by you know by a noticeable uh, degree, uh, which I think the first game's Metacritic was 85. I think it's going to be better than that. I think it's going to get an 87. So uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, it, it looks really good, and it's doing some pretty interesting things with uh, you know the RTS uh, formula. So I think, I think one of the critiques that that um, the game got was that it was like easy mode uh, in terms of mm-hmm. the RTS formula. And I don't yeah, think, yeah. and I don't think that's gonna change here. Um, I don't know. I, I I have a feeling like people are gonna expect more and then be a little harsher on it because it isn't the pure RTS experience, which is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, so up next we have Oxen Free Two Lost Signals. How are you feeling about this one? Yeah, I'm not really confident. I'm, I love Oxen Free. The first game is fucking fantastic. The writing is incredible. I think that that game, uh, is at, on its own, is is great. I wasn't really thinking it needed a, a, a sequel. Mm. Um, I think that studio uh, has tried to do other things, and I think I don't think they've reached the levels of what Oxen Free, the first one, did. I think they're going back. To, to home base to kind of try to score again. I don't know. I have a feeling for me that this is going to be a rehash of what Oxenfree was. It's just not going to be as good. However, I, I think that that formula, if they're able to write 50% as good as they did for Oxenfree, it's still mm-hmm. going to be pretty good. I think it, it'll be 82 in terms of it, it's the rating. Okay. Yeah, I think this is going to be one of those games that um, is better than what the score indicates. I think it, people are just going to kind of feel like because this is, I think this is the studio that that sold the Netflix, right? Yeah, Night Studios. The same people. Yeah. I think people are going to have a weird feeling about that, and I think that stigma is going to carry over to how people treat this game for some reason, despite it being probably, I would say, at least on par with the first one. So I think it's going to be just as good, but I don't think that it's going to be reviewed as kindly. So I think people will like it, but I don't think it's going to be the talk of the town. So I'm actually going to give it a 78, personally. Wow, yeah. I can see that um, for sure. All right. I'm curious about this one on, on your side. We got Redfall coming up next. What do you think here? Where, where are we at with this one? I'm, I'm grading this purely on what I think the game is going to be. Not what, the, you know, what, because what, we don't really know. Um, yep. If it's a mix, and, and I'm going with a uh, multiplayer, like, co-op experience within an open world sim environment which sounds really dope if you think about it however i don't think it's going to uh it's going to be as good in that in that aspect if it was they would talk about it more there seem to be focusing on the co-op uh portion of it and i think that's going to be the driving factor here i think it'll be really cool to play with you and i get in that world and 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 do and, and do shit in it i think it'll be fun to do that uh ultimately i think it's going to not do the actual thing that that studio is known for as good as it does it so i, I think ultimately grade wise i think uh, 83 is where, where i'm at with it and, and it seems a little high i think but i think 83 is, is 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 the point where i would uh i would see this game getting reviewed in unless unless the aspect the open world stuff and the co-op stuff is like next level then obviously it's gonna be one of the better review games of the year but i think I have my doubts as to what this game is gonna end up being mm-hmm. so little is known about it and it's coming in the next Less than less than twelve months. It's summer. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think this one's fascinating because I think they're going to have the same problem that any other cooperative multiplayer game has, which is most people are going to be playing with randoms, and how good is that experience going to be with randoms? Because you know, as much as we all love to kind of coordinate together, it doesn't always work that way. Mm-hmm. And you know, is it going to be another Back for Blood where you're dealing with people who aren't kind of following? you know, the, the, the beaten path and, and, you know, 
pitching in, like, you know, how dependent the cooperative gameplay is, is going to be great and all, but how people cooperate together is what is the variable that they can't really account for. And that's what makes games like these really hard to make um, because you don't know how people are going to go out there and play it. So I, I, what I see happening is they're going to do some type of beta to kind of get some type of, of test to see how people are utilizing the game's you know components and mechanics and features. Um, and I think people are going to kind of feel very back for bloodish about this one. Um, but I think they're going to like it better than Back for Blood. I just think people are going to have that same type of feeling in, in, when, when they think about this game. Um, I think it's going to get an 83 uh, overall. I think people are going to generally like it. It's going to have... <laughs> same score? It's gonna, yeah. I think it's the first time we've had the same score, right? Yeah. Um, but I think people are going to generally like it, but I just think that it's going to be another one of those... If you're not with your friends, you're really not going to get as much I, from this kind of thing. I think for this game to be successful is I think that the co-op part of it has to be a plus, not a must. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, it, it, you can play this game as a single player experience and it'd just be just as good. But mm-hmm. that's the way I think this game will be really successful. But if it's like you have to play with friends or you're really missing out, then yeah, I agree. Yeah. Speaking of multiplayer, Splatoon 3. Switch has got another one. Is it is it going to be uh, one of their best of the year? Yeah, you tell yeah. me. I mean, I okay. don't know. I, I don't know. I, I I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know how well these games review. I think this will be a lot like uh, your your kind of thought process between uh, Oxenfree Two is that I think that this game is going to review well, but I think it's going to be a lot better than that. So with me, I think I'm mm. giving Splatoon Three an eighty four. But I think, mm. in the grand scheme of things, everything that I played with Splatoon 2 and, and, and even the, the story mode on that, I think Splatoon 3 could be one of like the great games of, the, of next year. But you know the score at 84 isn't going to put it in the same kind of uh, thought process like God of War and, or, or Starfield, those kind of games. But I think, in terms of just pure fun... Because we 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 had our mo- we had a moment with mm-hmm. Splatoon two, and I think that Splatoon three is gonna is gonna be that good. But I think eighty four is is where it'll review. I do think ultimately it should be higher than that. But I think eighty four is yeah. Where um, that's fair. I mean, I think it's going to get an 87 personally, because I think the fact that it co- it's coming in packed with a story mode, um, and they've shown with uh, the DLC for Splatoon 2 that they have some pretty clever ideas with how to take the gameplay and, and repurpose it into a single player structure. Uh, so I think that's going to be pretty interesting to, to play. I think it's going to make the, the experience overall feel more robust. I think the multiplayer is going to be as fun as ever uh, with a lot of really cool new weapons and stuff that they that they're bringing to the table. Uh, and the hype is going to really, really pick up with every direct because they're going to have another, you know, Splatoon Lab type of update thing that's going to get people really hyped. So I think 87 is the way it's going to trend for them. I think they're only going to get better from where they left off with Splatoon 2, which I think was an 84 on Metacritic. Um, and this game will be, uh, you know, definitely in contention for one of the best multiplayer games of the year for sure. Yeah. Um, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. Another one that I'm kind of torn about, but let, let's see, let's hear from you first. What do you got? I was completely. I, I was I, when this game first got announced, and after everything I saw, I was not interested. Um, however, Guardians of the Galaxy 
really turned me around because mm-hmm. that was a game that had one or no part in. Absolutely no fucking part in that game. And even everything they showed just didn't look good. And then I play that game and it's one of the best games of the year. Period. Yeah. I, I think Suicide Squad Kills just like, gives the, those vibes a little bit with, with that, uh, you know, um, with the ensemble. Yep. I, I just really do think it's going to be uh, this, that 2022's version of Guardians of the Galaxy. And so with that, I'm going to give it the same score that Guardians of the Galaxy has on open credit, which is 82, which is, I think, low for Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, but mm. uh, ultimately, that's where I'm going with with Suicide Squad Killer Justice League, okay, 82. Okay. Um, so I'm actually going to go with an 84. Uh, this is Rocksteady Studios, man. Mm-hmm. You made Batman. I can give you some benefit of the doubt here, even though I'm not really loving what I'm seeing. Um, this is this again to your point. This could be another Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy th- type of thing where you can't, you know, you don't know until you play it, and then you realize, oh, this is actually pretty great. So, um, I just have faith in them. I I think that they're going to do something really, really well. I don't think it's going to compare necessarily to what they did with Batman, but I do think people are going to generally think this game turned out quite all right. So I'm going to say yeah. 84. When you look at the comparisons between Guardians of the Galaxy and we look at the comparison with Kill the Justice League, there's a lot there because, you know, people, the Harley Quinn character, you want to compare that to the Harley Quinn character in the movies. Uh, there's a lot of, like, similarities between the two games. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people are going to be thinking about the movie version of it. Can it oh, yeah. It, it no doubt. That. So I, I, I think that Rocksteady, you're absolutely right. But, you know, again, maybe one of the, one of those games like Guardians of the Galaxy where it scores 82, but it probably should be higher. But, yeah, the 84 see. makes sense as well. All right, so we got one more to go, and it ain't sports story because uh, we don't know when that's coming out, and Pablo's still mad. Um, I put that, just had to throw that jab purpose. in there. Sports story 98, 99. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say, you're gonna give it a goofy score. Um, but we're gonna end this one uh, by talking about a cat, uh, actually, uh, which is what everybody wanted. Uh, Stray is, is what we're gonna talk about. Um, what do you think about this one to wrap know. it all up? I don't know, people like cats. Um, Mm-hmm. It's true. They, true they story. think they's cute. Uh, this mm-hmm. game looks cool. Uh, visually, uh, art 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 style looks really cool. I am not in any way, shape, or form interested in this game. Uh, excited about this game. Can it surprise me and be a great game? Yeah, absolutely. So, but even with that said, I'm gonna go ahead and give this game. I think people. I I joke about people love cats, but I think that's gonna go a long way. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, eighty eight. 88. Wow. Okay. It just has Um, that kind of like vibe. It just looks like it'll be a really good game. Yeah. Man, I can't wait for this game. And I'm being serious. I really think this game looks special. Um, I think the game's going to be probably short, uh, maybe a five, six hour thing. Um, But I do think that it is going to be one of those games that just feels really tight and well made um, for what it is. But I just think that it's not enough. It's, it's not going to be enough game for certain people, despite how, how well it plays, um, miraculously as a cat game. Um, but it looks so good, uh, just visually and graphically. And some of the gameplay stuff that I saw in there was kind of like, oh, that doesn't look too bad. That's kind of actually interesting. But um, I think overall, people are going to be uh, relatively grounded about this game uh, and probably give it, um, you know, overall an 80. So I think it's going to sit at 80 with Metacritic. I think every year there's that indie game that really, like, fucking is incredible uh, mm-hmm. in terms of how it reviews uh, and I think that I think that this is probably that game 
Um, it just know. kind of feels like it's going to be the game that everybody's talking about when it comes out. And, and, and you know, we'll see. Yeah. Well, we know that was a bit of a longer episode than we normally do, but we had a lot of games to get through and we wanted to bless y'all with all of our opinions that we're hopefully not going to regret uh, this time next year. So we'll definitely keep tabs on how all these games shake out when their uh, Metacritic uh, averages come out. But uh, until then, Pablo, I think that's going to do it for us, man. That's going to wrap up this week's show. Uh, until next time, be sure to give our podcast a sub if you enjoyed this. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Cooldown Time Podcast and Twitter at Cooldown Time Pod so that we'll always be in your FOV. You're welcome. I win. And we'll see you next time.